Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking about King Arthur colon Legend of the Sword. What a legend it is. Legend over at Subway. Legend of Tom Cruise? Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good morning! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 283. 283? Uh, again, it feels like we, we should be at like a 290-something already. And I'm not just saying that. It feels like we've been doing a lot more recording than 283. I mean... If you if you want to be like completely fair, like we have done like over four hundred if you count all the bonuses and commentaries. Oh no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about in the recent weeks. But we've been doing a lot of specials. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Anyway, I think we've done anyway. two, so we'd be at like two eighty five if we like really counted the specials. <laughs> That's true. Two eighty three though, and this week we are talking King Arthur colon Legend of the Sword. <laughs> and joining us to talk King Arthur colon Legend of the Sword, or as I'm calling it, Calst. <laughs> Calves. It makes sense. That's the, that's the acronym. Calves. I feel like it's a harder K sound. It's not a cows. It's a crrrr. Calves. I don't know. We just lost good, 10 good listeners. Enough. Okay, moving on. <laughs> but joining us to discuss things we have from the movie film podcast in Zachy's Corner, he climbed a giant elephant to be here. It's Zachy Hassan. Howdy, howdy. And for movies Marcus, it's not Flat Marcus, Killer Marcus, Sweet Marcus, Street Marcus. It's Marcus Robinson. Hi. <laughs> You're reeling from that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm satisfied with it. How are you guys doing today? Hanging in there. I like uh, that. I like that attitude. <laughs> Still hoping for a, a good second week. <laughs> a good second week? <laughs> well, we'll get into that right away. Let's get to some show notes stuff real quick because um, I, so Marcus, you're you're among the. 12 people in our uh, current, our sixth annual summer movie gamble, where we've uh, we've all determined what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer. And I believe you have King Arthur at like number 10 on your list, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Number uh, 10. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not mistaken. I yeah. know you. I know you saw my list before the show. I I, I, I know. I'm, I'm recalling. I know you know I'm number ten. I, I'm re, I'm recalling it. I didn't have to look at it. I, I'm pretty good at, at getting these things. But uh, so, so last week Guardians made a ton of money, and this week it made a ton more money. It's number it's number one again, sixty three million dollars. And you would think, okay, so that naturally the biggest release of this week, King Arthur, would come in second place, but it did not. Snatch came in second place with uh, seventeen point five million dollars. Um, that Mother's Day bump, I'm guessing, Goldie Hawn. Uh, but third place is where King Arthur fell with fourteen point seven million. Boy, <laughs> I mean fourteen point seven million. I I mean word of mouth. Word of mouth <laughs> could, true. Could, could spread. You know? Yep, word of mouth could spread. Yeah, I you're guess not, you're not wrong. Yeah, it, could, it could catch it on. Well, yeah, fourteen point seven. I believe the budgets. It I I heard I heard it was lower, but now it's at like one hundred seventy five. Is possible. It's beyond, beyond just Marcus, not pot, pot, possibly. Because it's not determined yet, he could he could make it to the number ten. That's you know. Besides, Mark is not doing great here as far as this. For for Warner Brothers, they're not doing great here either as far as this movie goes. Yeah, I had actually heard that it was like 160, but 
125 yeah. is much more. Yeah. So. Either either way, it's too much. It's a yeah, lot. I agree. For, especially for what was supposed, we'll get to this, but what was supposedly be the start of a King Arthur cinematic universe. But we'll, we'll get there when we talk yeah. more about it. You don't say. I, I will point <laughs> out, because I saw this movie, Anna and I saw this movie a couple weeks ago, The Wall, it, it opened on five, about a little over 500 screens. It only got to 14th place this weekend with uh, under eight, like eight. 800,000, 800, That's the Aaron Taylor Johnson movie? That's the Aaron Taylor Johnson, John Cena sniper thriller, uh, which I quite yeah. liked. I would recommend. I think it's quite good. Um, okay. And, you know, it's not you know it's not a huge release, so I'm not too surprised. But, yeah, I, you know, there that was. But uh, something I did notice, I didn't see this film yet, but it's from the Bloomhouse Tilt Studio, which also gave a slight a couple weeks ago, Lowriders, um, which has, a, what's his name, Damien, Damien Bashir and uh, Tony Repolori, uh, among other people. That opened in eighth place at only uh, a little under three hundred theaters and made uh, two two point four million dollars. So, uh, and I heard some Whoa. some good reviews for that one. So, uh, I given that it's just a re- I assume it you know probably cost under three million dollars to make. You know, good on them for uh, yeah scoring a success there. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the box office report this week. <laughs> just, just to make sure we're all aware. Should we dwell on that? We shouldn't. We shouldn't dwell on that. We shouldn't dwell on it. Well, good thing we <laughs> no. don't have to talk about King Pirates Arthur. Pirates of the Caribbean lot. is coming up. Pirates is uh, coming. That's true. And now we know that Paul McCartney is in it, which I'm makes ready. it even I'm putting all my eggs in one money, basket. Right? It's, yeah, it, it's all, coming. All my eggs in one basket. All my eggs in Johnny Depp's so basket. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm buying scarves. Uh, I'm getting buying <laughs> scarves. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to some other uh, quick show notes here. Let's see, it's a new month, as I mentioned before. Well, it's obviously you know, it's a couple weeks into doing a new month now, but we have a new commentary coming. I don't know why I always like want to shield it because it kind of, it gives more people time to actually get or watch the movie. I guess they want to listen like, to the commentary. It's good to let them know ahead of time. Yeah, so I'll say Alien Three or Alien Cubed is our next commentary track. <laughs> it, those that those that like that title, they know what I'm talking about when I say Alien Cubed. Um, but yeah, that is that is going to be our next commentary track in honor of Alien Covenant arriving, and it's also the 25th anniversary of Alien Cubed. So there you go. Right. It all kind of worked together. I'm sure Ridley Scott was like, "What was that? What was that third Alien movie? Yeah, we should make we should release Alien Covenant on the same year as that." that just... It comes full circle, almost like the 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 uh, cover of Alien Three. Exactly. <laughs> poster art humor. That's yeah. That's a that's yeah. a joke for you. Poster. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 300th episode. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, another weekly reminder. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> really teasing this one out, so it better be good. Well, we have all summer to determine what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Figured out. Uh, another note: we have a friend of the show, Amy Taylor. Uh, she was on before about with a Kickstarter program along with uh, Liz Manichel. Yeah. They've had they've both had Kickstarter programs that we've talked about on the show before, and she has a new movie called uh, Hunter's Weekend that they're currently trying to do another Kickstarter for, which is as I uh, read, is a cross between um, like a Christopher Guest film and a slasher movie. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. We just want to give that there. And uh, let's see. Last thing here. iTunes reviews and ratings. Uh, good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find us. You can give us a star rating. It'd be great. You can uh, write us a full review. That'd be great, too. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Um, let's see. Let's let's move on now, guys. Let's get to know everybody. We each week ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone with the podcast. We better get to know, know everybody. everybody. All right. <laughs> know everybody. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Wow, good job, Marcus. <laughs> I will not edit that post. Right on cue. <laughs> uh, I want to start this one off because I have a question. I have two questions. One I thought of pretty okay. recently because I want to get this one out of the way. Not to Abe because I know Abe's answer. Zachy and Marcus, which is the better soundtrack? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? How dare you? Ooh. Abe and I disagree <laughs> on this. That's why I'm asking. Oh my gosh, I I love them both, but um, 
I'm going to give a slight edge to the second one just because it has Cat Stevens on it. Oh. And okay. I love Cat Stevens. Finally, a villain in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> After getting ganged up on last where, week. Where was, yeah, where was Zachy last week when we were three against one? <laughs> Marcus, do you have a pick for your number four pick at the box office gamble? <laughs> number four? I believe he has a number four. Hey, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. We'll see. I, I like the first one. I like the first one. Thank I think you, Marcus. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna have a strong, cause it, it's like one and one a. They're both good. So, I mean, we're, yeah. I'm not. It's not like one of them's yeah, bad yeah. and one of them's not. You know, better. Like they both had. I was singing both of them after after uh, I, after the. I saw the movies, but uh, slight edge to number one. All right, I'll go with that. That'll, that'll this will probably be a recurring question as we get more guests on this. <laughs> as we, as we go through the summer. Because I won't stop listening to the Volume 2 soundtrack. That is apropos to the movie. (laughs) Who is your favorite King Arthur? Whether that be a television version, movie version, or what have you. I'm going to say up front, mine is the cartoon show that I had to the round table where those high school kids get sucked into the vortex. (laughs) Which is is my nostalgia theater post on my blog today. Boom! (laughs) <laughs> there you go. That's I got a, I got a link to that, and I get give me the link to that, so I can put that on the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> the night with Ar- Arthur King, the high school quarterback. The high school quarterback, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great show. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. I don't. That's a real... I'm gonna say Michael Palin and Monty Python, the Holy Grail. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's... Hey guys. I uh, said Michael Palin right there, and I meant to say Graham Chapman, who of course played King Arthur in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Sorry about that. He has, he's like yeah. basically the straight man in that movie. He has to play everything off of everybody else. <laughs> Be quiet! Shut up! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Aaron stole mine. Monty okay. Python again? There you go. That's two votes. I think... I wasn't even thinking that Monty Python one, but God... <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, I'll go with I'll go with that one. I, I was gonna I was gonna be funny and say Charlie Hunnam, but I have to. <laughs> you know, Nigel Terry is really good in in uh, Excalibur too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't like that's not one that like I've watched a lot. As opposed, it seems like a lot of people like have that as like a like a nostalgic classic. I, I haven't watched Excalibur in I don't know how long. Sure, great cast. It has a like it has a great cast that I know in retrospect because I haven't seen it in that amount of time to be like, oh, that's him. Like, I can't like be like, right. oh, there's Patrick, there's Liam, there's young Liam Neeson. <laughs> like, Helen Mirren, super hot yeah. Helen Mirren. What are you talking about? She's still super hot right now, Zachy. Oh, it's it's a it's a definitive title. It's a one time oh, okay. future right. title. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like being knighted, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have another question. Yeah. Yes, sir. Magic sword or magic hammer? Ooh. What what kind of magic hammer we're we talking about? How here? many magic hammers can you think of, Abe? <laughs> uh, Seriously, yeah, point. Fine. Which well, which magic then, sword are we talking about? Yeah, which a... magic sword are we talking about? Okay. Apparently, I have to back <laughs> up just to make this more okay. Excalibur or Majolnir? There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I I say magic hammer. Yeah, I gotta go with hammer because it comes back to you. That's or... that'd be my logic. Uh, yeah, you'd be the only person that could wield it. Like you get Berserker oh, yeah. Rage mode with with Excalibur apparently, but you know, magic hammer is like you can't lose that. Yeah, it just comes to you. Right? Unless Kate Blanchett gets her hands on it, apparently. That's right. Or your father banishes you from from uh, your home world. Well, you just have to earn it that way. That's different. That's true. Yeah, fall in love with Natalie Portman. You get to hook up with Natalie Portman, so that's a decent consolation prize. Yeah, and 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 stumbling, bumbling Stellan Skarsgård. This is true. <laughs> is it really stumbling, bumbling in that movie? No, he's more he's more stumbling, uh, bumbling, and 
in the second in one. The second one, yeah. Anyway, that's a good question. We're all on hammer. Is that the is that the answer? Is he, is he more stumbling or bumbling? <laughs> I think he's more stumbling. In his new uh, CW series, Stumbling Bumbling, he uh, he gets to play both roles. He he plays twins. He plays twins. <laughs> he plays some two pro girls. He plays yeah. stumbling <laughs> and bumbling. He plays twin characters, stumbling and bumbling. Johnson. <laughs> it's loosely based off of Perfect Strangers. Yes. <laughs> they own a tuxedo shop. <laughs> One of them might be named Belky. They're constantly messing up the seams. It's it's really crazy. Comes out this fall. Did they, uh, were they in a, a seam or uh, they were seamsters? Seamstresses? I said they owned a tuxedo shop. Oh, they had a tuxedo yeah, shop. Stumbling, bubbling, Belky Johnson. And Larry? <laughs> yeah, Belky and Larry. No, they were they worked at the Chicago Chronicle. Oh no, no, I wasn't okay. talking. No, I wasn't talking about Perfect Strangers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> also, I was like, get your Perfect Strangers fact straight. For, for, yeah. By the way, for for leftovers fans, there's been like a runner involving Perfect Strangers that was brought to a pretty hilarious and kind of dark close on this season of the Left. Which I'm pretty happy with. That's pretty show. dark indeed. Yeah. Is that show done? No, it's still got like six episodes left. You were okay, six more. Yeah. Half a season. It's like well, it's like I think it's only like ten episodes each season. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So it just started. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that's how you play. No, everybody. No, everybody. I was waiting Thank for Marcus. <laughs> no, everybody. <laughs> Not required, but we love when Marcus does it. All right. Are you like getting little sound bites of me or? Oh yeah, we yeah. Once we finally get that soundboard, we have all this stuff ready to go for you. <laughs> That's, all right. It's basically just wow and no everybody. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. Let's move on, guys. Let's get down to quickies. Yep. Each week out now, we'll be talking about what Yep. A little bit speedy this week. It's it's been a fast week, guys. What can I say? And furious. It's all it's always furious. <laughs> family hashtag family. Uh, Abe. <laughs> What yeah. other movies have you seen this week? Uh, I haven't seen any other movies this week. Actually, I can't really remember if I watched anything that was kind of a retro review, but uh, I started Master of None. I was going to say, let's two. just get to the part where you talk about Master of None. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started Master of None Season 2. I'm on Episode 8. And oh, wow. You've been that is an Emmy Award winner right there. But uh still have a few more episodes or a couple more episodes until I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, I started the second season too. I watched the first two. That first one's pretty solid. It's like... Aziz Atari directed it. It's shot in black and white. It's a spoof on the bicycle thief. It just has everything going. Yeah. Yeah. And his Italian is pretty good. It's good. In the, like, it's so Aziz Ansari and just the way he says yes. things. Like, yeah. it's just. Yeah. I would agree. It's, I don't... In his in his inflection and his tone, it's just very much Aziz. And but he, he hasn't been around for, like, I feel like, I guess he was just making the show, but it feels like after the first season, he, like, disappeared for a while. <laughs> Like, That's right, yeah. According to Bill Simmons' report, which he was on just uh, this past week, he, he moved to Japan for like a couple of months. Oh, there you go. So, kind of just been out of the spotlight. He just needed to recharge, I guess. That's Master of None, which is on Netflix now. Season there you three. go. Marcus, have you seen any other movies this week? You know, I, I didn't. I, I, I saw King Arthur like about ten times. Hold <laughs> up that box <laughs> office. Yeah. No, I was actually, you know, it's funny because I actually have written down i i did see master of none season two as well and i was gonna say how great it was uh you can, you can continue the love for it if you want to abe, abe stole my thunder here no way uh, man. no i'm just kidding uh, but yeah i was gonna i was gonna say you know it, it didn't miss a it hasn't missed a beat uh it hasn't slipped off no so, no sophomore slump or anything like that it, it's got that thing where it's that unique content that's unedited but not in a, a mean way or a 
in a way that's like I would I would put in the same regards as as like Louis or yeah. Atlanta, where it's just new. It's this new mm-hmm. voice that it just needs to be there, and people need to just check the movie, the 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 show out. It's it's really really it's just unique content. Yeah, Zachy, how about you? Have you seen any other things recently? Um, well, I saw Alien Covenant, but I'm assuming uh, you don't want to get into that right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll I want I want to keep and... Abe unsullied. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I saw that that as their their <laughs> statement of fact. I did see it. <laughs> I'll withhold my opinion. Um, I'm currently watching the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So I just I I just watched uh, Curse of the Black Pearl yesterday. I haven't seen it since 2003 when it came out i actually watched oh, it wow. uh, on my i watched it on my honeymoon in 2003 and that was the <laughs> that was the last time i saw it and uh, i'm going through with the boys now and i've never seen any of the sequels what so yeah amazing i got that hard just, but still <laughs> okay. um so i'm i'm going to be going through the whole series and probably doing a series of retro reviews about those I like that. Well, Anna yeah. and I are also watching the Pirates of the Caribbean series currently, and we're what? we're just finishing the second and best film in that series. So there you go. Okay. Dead <laughs> Man's Chest is the best one, period. So there you go. Davy Jones. I'll keep that in mind as I get to it. Davy Jones, like I've talked about this many times in this podcast. Davy Jones is such a great CG character. Like it's so yeah. Bill Nye's performance and just the work. That, like it deserves that Oscar for visual effects because it, it's that movie's over ten years old now and it holds up. It's so good. Like it, it so could be like a crazy mask, but it's just all fake, and it's really well done. Yeah. Also, I just think that movie is really well handled as far as the sequel goes. But there you go. Um, uh, as far as um my quickies go, yeah, Ma- Master of None and Pirates. That, that that stuff's been happening, but I, I have a I have a separate kind of quickie. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, it was <laughs> it was Anna's birthday this week, and I, I just want to say happy birthday to Anna, my lovely happy girlfriend. Birthday, Anna. Aww. Um, By the way, it was also Aaron's birthday this past week, so happy birthday, sir! Well, thank you. Happy, happy belated happy birthday! Thank you. Yes, but it, it was. You're 45 now. Yes, I'm 45. It was on his, it was on his 30th birthday, <laughs> and uh, for for our collective birthdays, we uh, we got some Disney passes, and we were able to go to Disneyland yes. on a Monday, and we went to California Adventure yesterday. Um, and as far as the quickies go, we saw some really cool stuff, guys. We got to see some really cool things in the in really? the parks. Yeah. One for one, Disneyland's become basically Star Wars presents Disneyland. Like that seems like what it is like now. <laughs> we went to like where um, where Captain EO used to be, and um, for those that know, Captain EO is a Francis Ford Coppola directed Michael Jackson sci-fi movie. Makes sense. Um, but, um, <laughs> but it's like you sit in the audience and like the seats move. And so it's like a D box thing essentially before D box became a thing. But they've replaced that with Star Wars Path of the Jedi, which we didn't know what we were getting into. We walked in, we sat down, started going. And I and I looked at it as I whispered it on. I was like, "Is it, if this is just going to be a 12 minute trailer for Star Wars movies? I'm all in for this." And it was. You're That's exactly good. what it was. It's just like this long trailer <laughs> for every Star Wars film. It's like, why can't I watch? I'd stay in here for nine hours if I could watch all of this. Because this is great. <laughs> like the when the lightsabers go off, the lights are flashing at you, the seats move and stuff. It's like it was really like cool. And then California Adventure, it had like some sneak peeks of cars and pirates. I didn't want to go into those. Gonna see those movies. Um, but it did have like some cool cars. It had a cool cars ride, and like this makes me want to watch Cars, which is not a thing I say very often. Guys. Like, <laughs> the first Cars or just the, the well, new Cars? Well, Cars in general. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking. I want to see Cars three. Like we we both yeah, yeah. we That's both true. like Cars two, and that means it has nowhere to go but up. So there you go with that one. But um, that is true. Yeah. But no, watching Car the first Cars. I don't. That's that's probably the, my least watched Pixar movie. Besides Cars, because 
I guess Cars 2 would be my least watch because I've seen I've seen that in Good Dinosaur and Brave all once, where I've watched Cars twice. So I guess there it has mm, that going for interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, in theaters only, basically for those movies. But um, but yeah, no, the Cars ride was like really, and it was like I want to watch this Cars now. Like I'm getting getting amped for Cars, and I think that also bodes well for the box office because people like that Cars Land, guys. People are like that. That's the gauge that I'm going on right now. But people got <laughs> yeah. People got really yeah. Cars is long. Maybe uh, it's just uh, it's a Cars is 110 minutes. That's right. It's a long movie. It's unnecessarily long. Mm. Oh yeah, the ride. Yeah, the ride. The length of the the line of the ride is 100. That's what you're saying. But the movie Cars is also 110 minutes. It's really long. Um, but yeah, no, lots of cool stuff. That, basically, lots of cool stuff in Disneyland and California Adventure, including Hyperspace Mountain, also, which has become Star Wars themed. Again, it's Star Wars within Disneyland now. That's like what until Star Wars Land opens, it's just like everything else in the park is Star Wars. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, when it when is that uh that Guardians of the Galaxy? It opens uh, the twenty seventh, like Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Yeah. So the, mm. yeah, they 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 replaced the what the the Tower of Terror with this Guardians yeah, escape the, from the yeah, collectors. Twilight there. Twilight Zone. Was that a Twilight, Twilight Zone? Zone? Was that a Twilight Zone? Yeah. Thing? Is that what the how the how the Tower of Terror is? Yeah. I had no idea because I've never been on it and I don't want to go on it. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I I I, re- I got dragged. You I got don't want to go on the Tower of Terror. I'm not a drop guy, guys. I don't like yeah. drops. You don't really drop. It's you don't really you do drop. drop multiple times. Yes, I'm, I'm aware yeah. you don't like plummet to the earth. I know it's a ride, but I still don't like the feeling of dropping. No, yeah. If anybody tells you you don't drop, you drop. You dropped about three times. Thank you, Marcus. They raise you back up, and then you drop. And they told me the same thing. You you drop, and they they open the windows, and it's it's a it's a it's horrible. Open the window? See, no. <laughs> open the window. <laughs> They open, yeah. They open the windows, and you're supposed to. I was like, like all excited picture. about this Guardians thing. Whenever we go back to California, I'm like, no, I'm not dropping. It says in the description, high speed drops. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over here listening to Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, Volume Two, while you're on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was on a quick. Yep. Let's move on now, guys. Let's um. Although, but again. Happy birthday on. Let's get to let's get to some uh, trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest, newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week we're talking Blade Runner 2049, the upcoming sequel to Blade Runner, uh, Ridley Scott's 1982 cult classic, or just standard classic? I don't think we determined this. I feel like it's just standard classic. I think it's just standard, yeah, for sci-fi. And, I guess so, given the influence it's had on other sci-fi films. Uh, but yeah, this is the sequel, the another kind of nostalgia sequel, as a, you know, along with like Jurassic World and things like that. Uh, directed by Dennis Villeneuve of Arrival and Sicario and fame. And uh, this one stars Ryan Gosling, among many others, um, including a returning Harrison Ford who decided to wear his own wardrobe and not do his hair. (laughs) (laughs) The film film is set 30 years after the original. It has a new LAPD officer and Blade Runner named Officer K, which I'm sure is going to go a long way right there. Um, who I guess learns various secrets involving uh, replicants and what have you. Uh, let's get to let's get to Zaki first. Zaki, are you are you a Blade Runner fan? And did you like? The, I am. Did you like the trailer? For I am. This, uh... Uh, I I did actually. I I um the, the the teaser trailer from a few months ago didn't really move the needle for me, but but this one really got me excited because it f- feels of a piece with the first one, and I'm really excited to see what Dennis Villeneuve. I'm basically, I mean. Anything he does, I'm 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 on board for. So the fact that, yeah, 
you know, I, I think I, I mentioned on, on my podcast, I'm almost more excited that Villeneuve is doing it than if Ridley Scott were doing it uh, as a director. I mean, and you've seen Alien Covenant, so I have. Yeah. But this, my, that was I formed that opinion before I saw Alien Covenant. Okay. So and it just reaffirmed your that, opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think let me, let me put it this way. I, I think my, my initial thought before Villeneuve was announced would have been, I don't think anybody but Ridley Scott can do it. When I heard Villeneuve, I was like, "Oh, okay." And and um, having seen the trailer now, I'm I'm more excited by what what he's going to bring to it. All right, Marcus, how about yeah. you? What do you what do you think of uh, where where are you on the Blade Runner universe in this trailer? Okay, so I'm probably in the minority here. I've only seen Blade Runner once, and it was all it was a while ago. It was I was probably like 14. I don't know why I never revisited Blade Runner. I remember I remember the basic outline of Blade Runner. Well, now Does the, that do anything when, well, now the, when I'm... The, when I'm what, what, well, now the final cut is out, so you can see that version and go over, go over that one. See, I don't know. Like, I, it, it was probably like a, a TBS. For, so I probably never even saw like an unedited for time version yeah, of Blade no, Runner. That sounds terrible. Um, sounds like the worst way to watch Blade yeah, Runner. I, don't, I have no clue why... I have no clue why I never revisited Blade Runner. Watch the, the dinner and a movie I, version of Blade Runner? <laughs> That's a TBS joke. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a TBS joke. Um, the trailer itself, I don't know what I was. Maybe it's because I never, I hadn't recently seen Blade Runner. It didn't really do anything for me. I was more excited about the names involved with it. Uh, like Zachy said, uh, I can't pronounce the last name, but that Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll pretty much see anything that he directs um so that's what i'm amped i'm more amped about i'm gonna see blade runner before the before the movie starts and i'm gonna see this movie because of the names involved but the trailer itself i don't know i, I don't i didn't it didn't it wasn't a bad trailer it just didn't do anything for me. Hmm. abe how about you yeah i was on it from the jump i mean uh i like the teaser trailer i agree with zach that sure it doesn't really do a whole lot because it, it doesn't really show you anything except for some maybe some stunning visuals but um, there's no real plot given to you, um, and you kind of just have to tease it out yourself, right? But for this one, yeah, I mean, it adds a little bit more. But similar to what Marcus said, I'm I'm huge on uh, Denny and also uh, uh, Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, yeah, I love Roger Deakins. So oh, yeah, just yes. those two together, and seeing what they did in Sicario together, and then also kind of seeing what what Villeneuve has done with Arrival. <laughs> I mean, you certainly get a sense of. A sense for his direction, also with prisoners. You know, it's kind of slow and deliberate and whatever else. And but enemy, it my does favorite tell of his story. <laughs> enemy, which I haven't seen yet. Um, that's the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, yes, yeah? yeah. yeah. Double, double Jake but Gyllenhaal's. Double Jake, yeah. That's <laughs> almost like uh, Spearman Gum. But um, <laughs> 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 I was waiting to. I was waiting for the laughs on that one. Thanks, Marcus. But uh, anyway, so Blade Runner 2040, I'm all for it. I mean, it looks it looks like a, a good time. I think I'm kind of just more excited for the cinematography. But that's just me. Also, it was weird that Ryan Gosling jumps through a wall. It makes me it gives me some questions here. Wait, there's a part where he jumps through a wall. There's also a part where Old Man Drax like throws him through a wall too in that trailer. By the way, Old Man Drax in this movie he looks like so. Like old Man Drax is yeah. Old Man Drax is also in this movie. Yeah, he has he's, glasses. He's like a librarian. He's, he's got glasses and hair now. It's like the librarian version of Dave Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am in a similar camp as um as you guys as far as I'm less excited about the fact that this is a Blade Runner sequel and more excited about the fact that it's a new Dennis 
then you will have sci-fi movie because yeah it has these great looking visuals like from a production standpoint I mean, I can't wait for Roger Deakins to lose another Oscar for this movie. Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> well, it's not really I'm pretty sure he's not going to win the Oscar, even though it's going to look pretty good. Probably he could. I mean, we got to you know, see what else is coming this out. Is, that'd, be like, that'd be like chance number 15. Yeah. But no, yeah, I think from a production standpoint, it looks fantastic. And yeah, like the cat, like the cast is strong. Like, it has a lot of people and Jared Leto in it that I'm excited about. But um, I'm, I, I, I'm over Jared Leto, guys. I don't think I've ever, I was ever in with Jared Leto, but I'm certainly over it now. Um... I, no, I, was I, it the Joker that did it for you? Or? Yes, it, yes, very much so. That's exactly what it did for me. <laughs> There's no other answer that that could be except yeah, it's the Joker that did it for me, guys. But um, no, I think that yeah, it's it it looks interesting as far as like a trailer telling me a new story in the Blade Runner universe goes. Eh, like I can't say I'm all that excited about the concept of going further into this. Like I don't know what else is there to be said beyond similar. Like I. I mean, already the word says, like, is Ryan Gosling a replicant or not? It seems like that's the only, like, logical question this needs to answer. I don't know what, you know, <laughs> I don't know what, ambi- I mean, what else is there to be need to be said about Blade Runner? And I I, mean, I would be happy to let this film, you know, it surprise me with some new ideas or what have you as far as, I wouldn't say Blade, the first Blade Runner was much of a social commentary of any sorts. It was reflecting maybe some things, but nothing, that's never really the lens that I've looked through that movie for. So I, I don't know what, if this movie has anything it really needs to kind of, say i'll be curious whatever themes it tries to come up with but i mean but what, what was the other movie we recently saw that like it felt like it was just doing oh um ghost in the shell exactly ghost like that was, it was like <laughs> all the ideas and that felt really dated and i'm curious if this one's also going to be very similar as far as does it really have much to do be about like replicants and being human or machine like that kind of like we've seen that plenty of times so i I, I don't know where this has to go beyond just bringing back Harrison Ford to the movie he hated working on the most in the 1980s, but we'll second it full. And he doesn't exactly look like he's having a ton of fun in the same way as Force Awakens. So, I, I mean, clearly he wanted to do this. He signed up for another Blade Runner movie. It's just he, he hated working on the first one. So. And this one's like he's just wearing his, his jeans and a t-shirt the whole time so far. <laughs> so I guess I mean, yeah, it looks I, like he's got some product in his hair. I, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm the most curious about both Roger Deakins' cinematography and if Harrison Ford has a costume change in Blade Runner 2049. I think those are the things to look for. I'd also uh, bet against Sean Young having a cameo. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not in there either. Um, all right, so Blade Runner 2049 opens October 6th. In 3Ds. So there you go. You all, all the dimensions. Multiple Ds? What? Because it's Blade Runner. It has all those, like, the, the big ads and the buildings and stuff there. It's all going gotcha. to stick out. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Let's go on to our, our film review, guys. Let's get to our mo- main review for King Arthur, colon, Legend of the Sword. Hell, King Morrigan! King Morrigan! Why is the horse dropped? There are rumors. The legend of the sword of a king other than yourself. Find him. I know your story. What kind of a man would you become had you inherited your father's kingdom instead of being raised in a brothel? What gave you such drive? All right, that should have been some of the trailer for King Arthur, colon, Legend of the Sword. Guy Ritchie is back with another potential, or so he thought, franchise play with King Arthur, an origin story film for the legendary Arthur with the cinematic style that has become very familiar for those who have paid attention to Ritchie. Uh, Well, actually, it's a mix of his gangster film, kineticism, and visuals that feel straight out of a medieval metal album. 
regardless, this medieval origin story features plenty of fantasy and grittiness as we see a new tale of how Arthur retrieved Excalibur and reluctantly used it to take on evil Jude Law, whose desire for power has corrupted his mind. Lots of Cockney-themed scheming ensues, along with some elaborate pyrotechnics. Zacky, where have you been with uh, where have you been with Guy Ritchie's stepping into kind of like big budget blockbuster territory, and and what do you think of his latest attempt here? You know, I'm I'm generally a fan. Uh, I I liked uh, the first Sherlock Holmes that he did. I like the second one a, a little bit less, but I, I really enjoyed the first one, uh, and I love uh, Man from Uncle. Oh yeah. Um. So so yeah. So when when I when I heard he was doing King Arthur, I was like, oh okay, cool. Like I I didn't have a reflexive like I'm seeing online. They're sort of like, ah, what guy Richie? Like all of a sudden, this like hatred that's bubbling up in the internet, which I wasn't aware of to be honest i was i was enthused when i heard he was doing king arthur uh, i was not enthused by the film that i saw however so a uh, <laughs> big 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 disappointment for me no you getting some of your thoughts on it ah man so many thoughts i i think that first of all so so the once in future king uh the book is i mean i i, I love it you know uh, that's one of those things that you read in high school honors english class or whatever and it stayed with me for for 20 years and i've i've been waiting for somebody to do a big budget epic lord of the rings style version of that book so and you're like and Anton was gonna deliver <laughs> well that's i mean when when the fuqua movie where it's like we're doing the real version of king arthur and it's like no let's just do the king arthur everyone knows how about that like let's do that first you know, because we've never really gotten that. Uh, so that that movie was whatever. This one, I, when I heard that they had these big, expansive sort of uh, uh, multiple trilogy plans, I was like, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm I'm intrigued. You know, and what we get is it's to be honest, it's not all that different from the Anton Fuqua movie in that it's trying to reinvent it and do this kind of grimy, gritty version, and and it's it's leaning on our familiar sort of like collective cultural familiarity with the tropes of the story. So, oh, there's the sword and the stone and there's, and, but, but it's, it's weaving it together in a way that's, it's not just different from the text, which I mean, you're allowed to do that. That's totally fine. But what it replaces the text with is, is much weaker. It's just not interesting. And it, and the thing I kept thinking is I'm like, you're, you're, you're intending to launch this multi film franchise, but why from this film, would I want to come back to this universe five more times? Mm. And, you know, that I kept thinking about that. I'm like, make a good, a damn good first movie. And then people will show up for the, for whatever comes next. And they, they, they put their franchise before the film. All right. Well, we'll get back to that. Uh, Cause I, I want to talk, we'll talk about that more along with plenty of, other yeah, that's things. a good point. But uh, Marcus, you have this and your number 10 of the box. I was gamble. Okay. What? So basically I'm eating crow here. I'm gonna eat crow here again. You maybe maybe word of mouth will spread. For I'm, the second I'm sure Jude Law probably ate crow in this movie at some point. <laughs> probably did. He's a, he's a method actor. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't bad in this. Let's not. He's not. not he's not. Go on. Not go on. What do you think of the movie? Let's tear this movie apart. What do you think of the movie? Okay. Um, okay. So so I guess if I say it wasn't that bad. It feels like I'm Damon with fate praise. I, I I guess. Okay, what I'll say is that Guy Ritchie, his best days are probably behind him. Uh, I do acknowledge that the CGI is pretty bad here. I was sitting in a theater full of about ten uh, ten people. Wow. And and on 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 a on a Saturday, 
and, and and it became evident that I wildly underestimated the people clamoring for for a, a new King Arthur movie. But my consensus still remains that King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, is still more entertaining than it is not. I think what Guy Ritchie-ness is in this works. The big budget, big serpent, you know, uh, big giant battle sequence stuff doesn't work. That's when the movie kind of falls apart. But I did like that little gangster, you know... Uh, what he has that cheekiness and 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 the, the the back and forth stuff. I do like that and the small hand to hand combat stuff. That that is really good. Um, it did really work for me. The storyline actually did really work for me as well. Um, that's why I say I did like this more than I than I than I hated it. That said, I'm gonna say this movie's entertaining, but it's not entertaining enough to make anybody who's not interested interested. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Hey, how about you? This is well, on the Guy Ritchie topic. I I like Guy Ritchie in general. I think that I, I one of the only movies I haven't seen is Revolver, which people say that you I'm not really you, missing. Yeah, don't worry about it. On. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear as well. And and you know I've seen clips on YouTube of, of some cool stuff that happens. But sure, other than that uh, I think that that was like during one of his weird Madonna phases. Well, um, swept away is the epitome of that, and we don't need to talk about that either. Good, but okay. yeah, moving on. <laughs> but uh, in terms of King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, it's a weird movie, and I I'm, I mean that because uh, similar to what Zachy was alluding to, the movie kind of takes for granted what what audiences would know about a King Arthur movie. So it's strange that they don't have a lot of plot, but they yeah. also have a lot of plot, which is <laughs> yep. and, like I don't know how to describe that. Like some people, I've read some people say like, oh, it's bloated, but it's like, is it bloated because you're kind of giving more backstory about the guy, Arthur. Sure. You know, oh, okay, well he grew up in a brothel and whatever the case, but at the same time, you're really glossing over the whole entire, uh, search for the sword. And you're kind of glossing over one of the coolest characters, which I think is the lady of the lake. So you're kind of glossing over the mythology of it, but you, you did give all of this backstory on Arthur and, and maybe a little bit on his family. Uh, I feel like it, the characters are kind of thin because even uh, the king itself, uh, himself, Jude Law in this particular movie, I think that he's kind of thin as to his motivations. It's it's funny because uh, I agree with Marcus that it, it's, it feels like a Guy Ritchie movie for sure because you definitely get those back and forth, those quick takes, his cinematic style and whatever else. But I don't know if it really works on like an action, a large scale action sequence. Um, and then I'll, I'll say – that the visuals are okay. I mean, sure, Sword Smash is it looks cool, but it kind of goes wasted on the first attempt. And again, there's just not enough backstory for me to understand why this happens. Um, there's also some em- emotional connections that are not really made. Meaning, um, there's stuff that happens on the screen where I guess I'm supposed to feel something, and I don't because I don't have enough background, which is strange for me to say because <laughs> because as much as you know about the mythology or as much as they give you in the movie, it just doesn't feel like it's enough. The, the strongest emotional like, part of this movie is Backlack and his son. Those, that's the strongest emotional point in this film. Yeah, that, I didn't feel a great, strong connection, which is uh, kind of dumb because you're, these are like childhood friends of, of Arthur's. Um, right. But with that being said, though, it's a, it, it's a long movie. It, it does feel a little bit bloated from time to time. Um, there's even like strange sequences, which I wasn't sure what was going on. I mean, there's even one point where I thought they were in a fantasy, like, I thought they were kind of going through a, uh, 
what is it like uh, some right. sort of like visual quest and i was like oh i guess this is actually happening on the screen right now so <laughs> right. Uh, that, that really made me confused but on the whole i agree with marcus that some people are going to find this really severely entertaining and for me it just just doesn't really work because it feels like it could have been way better and i kept on thinking back to um what's the movie about world of warcraft and i was like people were giving that movie a lot of crap but that movie seemed to deliver on building some semblance of a first piece of a of a movie trilogy or quadrilogy or trife i don't know what but that movie was better than this i yeah but anyway Go ahead, Eric. Well, I, to, to respond to that, I would say this movie's slightly better just because I like the humans in this movie more than I like the humans sure. in World of Warcraft. Where in World of Warcraft, <laughs> it felt like the t- it felt like a big TV pilot. That's what that was my role. Yeah, because I, I like a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, I like a lot of what that a, like it's a ter- syndicated TV pilot. Yes, at that. Because at the end, I'm thinking like, okay, next week on World of Warcraft. That's like how it felt like it ended. But um, yeah. But like, but at that, but there was stuff in that. I don't think that movie. I think it will find an audience in like time to come. Um, I still don't think it's all that good but it's certainly not a you know it's not a disaster in the way some people wanted to like describe it as right. but this movie it's very similar i thought of that a lot while i was watching watching this one and the Fuqua movie for that matter in terms of its kind of grittiness except that movie was so dour like you know any movie that can yeah. make clive owen less cool is i mean that's impressive but you know it's not <laughs> it's also not the greatest thing uh but it has it has its moments or whatever it has a good, good english cast and this one does too i think there's you know, as far as Guy Ritchie goes, I'm a Abe and I are both big Guy Ritchie fans. Like I think he's the guy that we like. We want to root for even when he stumbles and bumbles, like Stellan Sarsgaard in that new CW series. But um, <laughs> coming this fall, yeah. But um, but like yeah, look, I I I really like both Sherlock films. I think they're like they're fun like divergences from like other versions of Sherlock. I think it's a fun like it's a fun big budget version. And I, you know, I, I like what he's doing there. Man from Uncle, I liked less, but I still enjoyed the style of that movie, and, which is, you know, if anything, Guy Ritchie does, it's capturing great style on film, and just the way he regarded action in the film. Like, up until like the finale, I really, I liked the kind of the background nature of it's like watching the Guardians opening throughout a movie, essentially in terms of how they mm-hmm. handle action, uh, where it's like that's less involving than the, you know, how how these guys are dressed and the music playing in front of them. Like that, that was what that would seem to be going for. It was kind of fun that way. I've seen it a lot on eight, like it's popping up at HBO. So I was like, I've seen a lot of Man from Uncle uh, that I didn't expect to over time. Uh, just like, oh, that's on. Okay, this movie, um, much like Man of Steel, I which where I really like the um, the Krypton season finale uh, on that movie. Um, I really like I really like the Uther series finale in this movie, um, where where Eric Bana has his last stand. I really like the opening. That's what I'm saying. Mainly because it delivered something I wasn't expecting. I I have not I've seen like the tra- I've seen footage like the trailers, but I haven't like seen all of the marketing for it. I've just known that this movie was coming since like Comic Con when I first started seeing the movie, the trailers for the movie last year. So I forgot. I didn't realize it was so fantastical. I didn't realize there was gonna be like giant beasts and stuff. And I also didn't know there was gonna be a lot of like Guy Ritchiness in it. Like it's gonna have like the back and forth dialogue, the chronology stuff. And I really like that. I like all the Ritchieism of this film. I thought that stuff was great. Which, in, which is why I think like the first half or first third really kind of it peaks there because it has big fantasy stuff that's like it just because it, because Eric Ban is there that makes it all better because he's you know he's confident enough I'm like all right I can support this Eric Ban is here why would I feel bad about this it's great he's jumping onto giant elephants and fighting evil wizards cool I'm, I'm all about yeah. that and then like it gets to what's like a, a two minute like recap of how Arthur grew up which I really liked I really liked the the you know the music and like the sped up like you know 
from a kid yeah. to an adult stuff, and then him like screaming and pounding his arms as he wakes up in the morning, um, and then just having him like talk with like his his two friends, Wet Stick and Backlack, great gangster names for a Guy Ritchie movie, um, having them like just like talk and like explain like why things happen to the Kingsmen, like and it's like a very Guy Ritchie way of explaining things where you like you back up in a story, you tell it multiple ways and what have you. I really liked all that, like that stuff I was really into. Then it gets to origin stuff, and that's where the movie started to become a slog, where it's like, all right, now we get, like, that he has to do this thing, but he doesn't want to do this thing, and he's reluctant, there's an evil king, and it just kind of goes on on that tangent, it's like, yeah, I I get what you need to do, I guess, to set up, you know, this character and get to it, but it's just, it's so, like, it's so trite, like, I've seen this before, I've seen a, I've, I've, I've seen a, a, a buff white guy become a hero that he didn't want to become before, um, even in other Charlie Hunnam movies. So um, <laughs> I, I, I will say he's, I mean, I think the lost city of Z, which is also currently out and starring Charlie Hunnam, that's his best, like film, maybe his best film performance. He's done some other stuff back in the day before he got before Jax. Uh, but I like him here as Arthur. He's not, it's not great, but it's better than his Pacific Rim performance. And you know, I like Pacific Rim, but like he's, he gets to be British. And I think that helps a lot. I think that that kind of the natural charisma that comes from him being, more or less himself really pays off here. It's still a very standard character, but the supporting cast is great in this. I mean, you got you have Merrick Arquette, Aiden Gillen, and um, Jaimon Hansu, along with the other like you know lesser you know known um, actors, all like playing these other roles and whatnot. And I think Jude Law is really good here. Like I think that the cast they're all they all try. Like they're all doing their part. It doesn't feel like anything's phoned in. It just all the origin stuff really bogs it down. So I think I'm with Marcus where I think it's it's fine. But it, you know, it's not going to bring in tons of new fans to the King Arthur, to Arthurian legend, and and with Zaki, like it's not going to, you know, if this is the beginning of what's supposedly supposed to be, you know, a, a giant Arthur cinematic universe, which I actually like that idea. I like the idea of getting like Le- Lancelot, Legend of the Sword, in like two years or whatever. But that's just not going to happen <laughs> now. Like, but I I, yeah. I I would embrace that idea, except for the fact that this first movie. It doesn't. It doesn't do enough strong work to really set up like reasons for me to want to see like a you know a bunch of these if it's gonna have the same kind of boring origin story to go along with the cool richiness of it all. Hmm. So yeah, <laughs> it 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 reminded me a lot of the Ridley Scott Robin Hood. Yeah, you this know, one's cooler than that movie, but um, yeah. In, well, in the sense, I mean, but it, you know, it takes two hours and change to get to at the end kind of the robin hood that we know and the implication is like come back for part two where we're gonna get more of this it's like well little john legend of the staff like yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know you know i agree with you that uh any movie with Airband in it i'm gonna go see except for the one with him in a boat i also forgot he was uh, in this movie so that helped too i was like oh man yeah (laughs) i i I do like that opening and I, i like how it set it up but it's weird because um, I, as much as I like some of these side characters, again, I, I feel like they're kind of glossed over. It, it's it, it's very strange in my mind because they're glossed over, yet they're given enough screen time to be uh, uh, for you to somewhat well, care for them. Glossed so, over in terms of like, I don't need Jaimon Hansu's Bedivere backstory, but like he's here and he's oh, yeah, doing his I, part. Like he's like it's fine. Yeah, and I love I love his uh, the costumes in here are pretty cool because uh, after the battle when he's at the at that square table. Uh, he's he's rocking this dope ass uh, garb, but um, the best character is Vort. I mean, as far as like character work done, is Vortigan, like Jude Law's character. Like he gets the most work as to why he's doing the things he's doing, and 
the things he has to and yet, yet, and yet I was still I still felt it was uh, I agree with you and yet even still he was underserved they could have used more they could have used more yeah. of him like there wasn't enough Jude Law in this movie in my opinion I think he and by the way, Jude Law is great. Like in general, like yeah, we'll get to I mean, a question he, we have on the show, but there's he's still a lot of great roles. And like, yeah, yeah, he has. And if you watched the Young Pope recently, I mean, it kind of it, it kind of reminds you of some of the stuff he, the work that he was doing in Young Pope, just you know the power grab and whatever else. But um, just get back to the the cast thing. It's like I just I liked them, but I didn't like them as much as you did, which is uh, a not a good thing because I wanted to like them more, and then. All of a sudden, you have these turns and and whatever else. Uh, for there, there's a part in the movie where uh, they're almost like their entire like resistance gets wiped out. And it's like what 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 is going on here? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't like what's happening. Well, there's here. a lot of although I like storytelling. Up with, like, I agree. There's like, in terms of like yeah, the... I, it is strange storytelling. That's what it is. Strange storytelling because I like when they meet up with like his kung fu master, kung fu George, and they start fighting. I was like, this is this is crazy. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just it's it's strange storytelling, which not a great thing because they, you're heavy on some parts. You're not heavy on some other parts. And it really becomes uneven and mismatched. I'll, I'll say this, too. During the opening cre- credit sequences, I was like, who's Landonium? Uh, because I didn't I wasn't aware that they were showing me what the name of the city was. I thought that was a, a, really? like, a <laughs> why, why would it say the text of it was weird. Yeah, it was, I thought it was like a cool one guy name. Like, I don't what, know. What do you think it meant when it said Camelot in the same font on screen? Yeah, it really didn't yeah. help out that that was confusing. And the, is the text true. is a little narrow. So, I mean, anyway. It made sense to me. It's like, here's Camelot. Okay, that's Camelot. Here's another city that we're getting. Like, it would, if it was going to show a character, it show a character with that text. I wish that they would have. Yeah, I wish they had done a different text, though, because it was the same text <laughs> as, as the. You know the producer and the, the casting director and whatever. Have this, that is true. All right, right. <laughs> I will say <laughs> I can, I can only speculate, but I this movie has been you know sitting for a bit, like it's been moved around. Oh, has it? Well, it's been moved around a lot as far as its release date, um, and why you would settle for the second week of May, I don't know because that's not a great time. Was it supposed to come out originally? Um, it was going to come out early February originally, which I think would have been a perfect time for this movie to come it out. Feels like a better time because it just yeah. it has no competition. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, well, hold on. Um, what, sure. what I'm saying, uh, I I know it's been done for a bit, and I'm here. And based on how certain characters are used and how clumsy the storytelling is, I'm wondering if there's some tinkering as far as getting it, whittling it down to a a reasonable runtime. Um, I'm I, fairly yeah, certain. I, yeah, that. I, spe- I again, I especially say that because the 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 mage character, the Astrid no, Burgess. No, that, you're you're yeah. getting into my question. Well, it's such an inconsistent character as far as what she's supposed to offer in this film, even in yes. terms yes. of like the magic. Something I like, and you, know, you talk about Warcraft. Something I like about Warcraft is because magic is such a tricky thing to use in film universes. As far as well, why couldn't they just do that the whole time? Which I would ask about Excalibur. It's like that seems like a potential win card any scenario you go into, but somehow Eric Bana still loses. Um, but um, <laughs> with like with he sacrificed himself, man. Kind of, but seems like if you have Excalibur, you probably could have won any battle you're in. He fought giant elephants, guys. Um, but yeah. With with Warcraft, magic had like there was like a limit. Like they they actually made like a, a like you know if you use too much you become evil, which is what happens to Ben Foster. Or like if you you have yeah. to like re, you have to like regenerate yourself, regenerate, regenerate the video game term, regenerate okay, yourself. Words. But you but you know there's you know what I'm saying. There's like a there's a limit to how much magic you can use. Right. This movie has. I mean basically there there's a story behind. Yeah, how there's much a logic magic, behind yeah. magic use, so it, it doesn't make it feel like a plot hole to be like well I got to just do this and then they're done. Um, this movie has this mage character. She has no name. She's the mage. Uh, this movie hates women, guys. It, it kills four of them to service the plot. But um, 
the mage, like, she has all kinds of magic, but it only comes in handy every so often, maybe, in terms of, like, beasts that help out or what have you. It's just... And then, like, her role with Arthur, since she's not Guinevere, like, it just... It, I don't know what this character is supposed to be. And it just feels like the film yeah. is terrible. I mean, that, that's perfect, yeah. because my question to you guys was, what do you guys think of the mage character, and what do you guys think of the use of magic in this well, movie? Because the same page. It, it comes and goes. Yeah, it, it comes and goes. Because, you know, there's parts where she's she's wrestling up a murder of crows, but I don't know what they did. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll open it up to you well, guys. Because it's, it's like, yeah. it's the same logic as, like, eagles in the Hobbit movies, like where it's like, this seems like an ultimate win card. You have an eagle fly there, you're done. She could like magic him up to the top of this tower and be like, "Okay, we're at the final boss. Let's do this." But it's just a... I. But uh, well, she did, didn't she? She she put. Well, I don't want to. Two ruin hours into the movie, the, that's I mean, just things like just the, do yeah. this right away and be done. Um, <laughs> like, I right. didn't even she, get a she, sense of what her did. powers were though. She put she put a snake in there, right? Eventually, and he won, and then like she went away, and he had to fight the rest by himself, right? Yeah. If... He, she had to fight. He had to fight the rest of those million whatever guys to get out yeah. right the snake just went away yeah it's yeah I guess. And, but didn't but didn't get jude law as i'm saying yeah that happens but, at the end of the uh, movie uh, yeah, <laughs> like if these guys we even without uneven magic even without arthur it levels. seems like if you have magic that that seems like a good way to you know handle things and vortigan still like trying to get his power he doesn't have enough power yet. it's like Probably. I do. I do think there was some heavy editing here, uh, yeah. as far as that. I mean, the, the, there was a confusion, I guess, between Jude Law's character and the what are they? The sirens? The uh-huh. the, the like because Ursula's cousins. Ursula. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and they give him a power. They they you know whatever. But there's a backstory to that that's never really revealed. Yeah. And he just kind of does it, and they do it, and it happens, and it. You know, it seems like yeah. the movie's very like kind of accepted. The movie's very unconcerned with the fantasy. Like it seems like Richie's bored with that yeah, stuff, you know, I, which I is just strange. About that right now, same here. Like I just came to that conclusion of like I wish that they had played up more of the fantasy elements because that's that's what I'm here and for. I, I, that's know? well, that's the story. I mean, it it's kind of like um, uh, Wolfgang Peterson's Troy. Yeah, which is also same same um, year as King Arthur. It also yeah, but, but I agree. It's like it's it plays grounded. They ignore. They ignore the fantasy. This one includes fantasy, but in this very arbitrary way. And if we're going back to the original tellings of the story, which I mean, there's variations. It's you know, it magic is laced throughout, and there's it is fairly consistent how it's used. So here, it's like what I kept thinking is, well, you want this to be this broader universe, but you're you're closing off avenues of future storytelling rather than opening them up. Yeah, I would, mm-hmm. and I would even say like the action in this movie, which is somewhat fantastical and sometimes not. I, like some of it's fine, but like Guy Ritchie tends to make good action sequences. Like I really like his action in movies, and he tends to edit them quite well. This, for the first time, I was like, this is less interesting than I'm used to for a Guy Ritchie film. Like the Sherlock movie, even Snatch has a, re- yeah. has a couple of great boxing matches in it. Like this, yeah, they do. And this and uh, and Rock and Roll has some cool action stuff in. It. Like this one just feel like it has a great chase scene in the middle of that movie. Yes, this, yeah, with the yeah. yeah. And uh, and Gerard Butler, like there, but um, this one and Tom Hardy for that matter. (laughs) There's a lot of people in Rock and Roll. Tom Hardy was was in the chase. He's he's part of the chase. I believe you. I believe you. Um, this one, I mean, the the end feels like uh, Gods of Egypt. Um, as far as the the visuals go, (laughs) and like some of the 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 that's a good comparison. The Excalibur stuff is cool as the I like the there is a video game-ness to it, but there's like, it even, it's like there's a 300-ness as well to like how they're trying to set up what Excalibur can do. 
but in terms of looking at it, it just looks ugly. Like I, I get what they're trying, but yeah. it, it doesn't feel as accomplished as it could. And it just, it really seems like Richie was more concerned with, and I don't, I'm not entirely against this, but it just, I wish it was done better or handled as a majority of the film and not just half of it. He's more interested in the kind of the character play and the, you know, the, the kineticism built in storytelling rather than action. And it just, it doesn't serve the film well as far as making it a cohesive whole. I wouldn't say it's tonally imbalanced. It don't feel as consistent as far as how the, how I'm supposed to feel through this movie, but in terms of deciphering the story in a feasible way it just, it just failed yeah i would agree that which is kind of unfortunate all of that said i think daniel pemberton's score for this movie is fantastic i think the score is great in this movie did, yeah did the did the did that natural breathing stuff work for it you did. It, 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 it did it did like, it did as far as i, I wasn't was like really... this it was, feels like a movie that could easily like your ab mentioned bloated a couple times it feels like a movie that could easily bog down by the amount of like weird storytelling that's going on but because the score was at least engaging for me i feel i was able to get through it better than i probably would have yeah well what i like about that particular song is that it's it starts at a, a certain pace and then the the breathing intensifies as what you're seeing on the screen intensifies. So I was like, oh, that's that's a cool way to incorporate that takes it. Takes over the that takes over the 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 last bit of the the battle sequences. Like yeah. the last half of this movie is all that. It starts off with that natural breathing kind of thing, which I I, I find I, I found kind of annoying at first, but then I kind of got into it. Like because I it was, it was different. I like all the mo- like as much as I would have liked to see like Zach, you're saying kind of more of the fantastical elements. Give it, basically give him more attention as, as as far instead of being just kind of throwaway lines about like why Excalibur exists and what have you, which it really does. It's just like you know, Lady in the Lake, Uther, whatever, blah blah blah. Moving on. Like I, as much as I would have liked to see more of that delivered on, in addition to the rest of it, I do think the um the the, the kind of the the style being put here and like I'm saying the score, like it all. It serves it well as far as making it kind of this modern uptick in the same way of Sherlock Holmes, for that matter. Like as far as modernizing the film from a filmmaking perspective, you know, it's not trying to be a classically made sure. film. So I, I can go back and forth on those as far as you yeah. know, I, I can like you know, a tribute to the older ways of making films, and I can also appreciate a modernization of stories I've seen before. And while this movie's not better than it could have been, I do appreciate what Richie was trying to do more than I like the movie overall. And I, so, I, and so- I would say. The, the score is, you know, it's one of the big. Fans. I mean, that's one of the main things I've walked away with is like, well, the score was really strong in the movie, which is not unfamiliar for me with Richie movies. I like, I generally like the way he uses mu- music in movies, and so it's. I was actually like, kind like of thinking Han, that he was going to use. Like Hans Zimmer decided to dial down on the boise for Sherlock Holmes, so that was nice. <laughs> like, you know, like he made two great <laughs> yeah. Sherlock Holmes scores because of that, and even Man Man from Uncle, I also had the Daniel Pemberton doing the score, and it had it had like a it fit the that Cold War vibe that it was like a Cold War jazzy vibe that it was going for, and this one has like a. It's going for like grandiose, but also with like a techno-ish beat to it. So it's like, yeah. There's... I I almost thought that that Richie was going to use just also some uh, some pop songs, not pop in general, but you know rock songs or whatever else, just to infuse his style. It'd be, it'd but be too, and it'd be too a night's tale if he did that. Yeah, you, know, I, you can only mm-hmm. do that so many times before they be like, yeah, you can't do that shtick anymore. <laughs> so does does a second one get made? I don't not think so, a, man. Not at this rate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll be shocked if that happens. <clears throat> Again, you add in some of the marketing stuff. It's almost like a two hundred million dollar movie, and you're not going to get. Even it's, half you know, the, it's, you know, it's you know. No, I always go back to what uh, your frequent guest Scott Mendelson says: how they spend uh, a Return of the King money on Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. And yes. I mean, th- there is no 
reason on earth this movie should have cost uh, nearly two hundred million dollars to make. I mean, I I don't see that money on the screen even. D plus. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't see it on the screen either, what? and that's. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm like, very, I'm again, very curious. You mentioned that the CG didn't look great, and like when you think back on it, how many times did they have to? All of this is visual effects. The the entire world is visual effects. So yeah, you're seeing some of that stuff, but it's kind of unfortunate that you see this, you know, video game character that he has to fight, uh, and that looks cool, but. That's like a 30-second fight. I, I, wa- I wasn't a yeah. fan of the video game character. I did not think that was cool. I didn't like that either because it, I was like, who the yeah, hell is this guy and why is this yeah. guy mad? Skeletor. It looked like Skeletor. It did look like, yeah. yeah there was a big Skeletor with vibe going to the third act. <laughs> yeah. I, I will... But again, that, that kind of just goes to lack of character development as well. I like, I wanted to know why this happened, but it didn't give me I, that. I will, and the, the snake stuff didn't look great either. I, I will say this because I, I, I'm very... I mean, I if it's... As far as the budget of this movie goes, I don't know what that answer is because I, I, it says 175 currently, but I, I, it was 102. So I, I'm very curious if it was. Oh wow! Because, because Richie's a he's a thrifty filmmaker. He doesn't make you know his movies don't tend to go over budget. Like the those Sherlock yeah. movies and Man from Uncle are all under under 100 million dollar movies. So it's like if you know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they've lumped all the development. That's what I'm costs over the. Yeah, I think it's more of a Superman know. Return situation where that movie, right. Right. the actual production of the movie, costs way less than everything that went into building it up beforehand, and then even you know reshoots and whatever afterwards. I think right. the right. the actual like Richie has this script and he's making this movie now. I think that part probably costs you know the level that it was supposed to cost, but then all these other fees get lumped on top of it. That doesn't make it better. I mean, that's a studio problem though, not not Richie's problem. But at the same time. A studio put this amount of money into a movie that's not going to have healthy returns, most likely. I don't know. I don't expect you know a hundred to ten percent surge next weekend, but um, <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but, um, you don't have to figure out. You just, Marcus. You just have to hope every other movie does really bad, and then you'll be still be like a good shape for your <laughs> if you have this at number ten. Um, now you're thinking. Yeah, that, you just have to, pet, wow. you have to bet against everybody else. That's the real the, the real key here. There we go. But um. But yeah, it, <laughs> as far as the movie, as far as you know, spending this money on this movie goes, yeah, it's it's a misfire, and that's unfortunate because I do think there are good things here, and I just wish everything was held together better. Which I think you can kind of say about some of these past Richie films. Like I, I I like I like what Man from Uncle was doing more than I like that movie too. I still like I like it. Be- I, I like that, and I like the Sherlock movies better than this movie. But as far as like sure. these, you know these four blockbuster films that he's tried to make. This is the weakest one, and but I, I mean they all have similar issues as far as the the character banter, the casting, the production. That's all great stuff. It's just the story they're trying to tell doesn't always come together. It probably works the best in those Sherlock movies, I would say maybe. Like man, man, man like Man from Uncle, I thought had a really strong two thirds, then it just kind of devolves. And this one, just like a half of it works before the origin story really takes over, and it's like okay, well it's the same kind of story we've seen, just with cooler visuals. Again, I thought he was vision questing. But it wasn't requesting. <laughs> yeah, there is. A, yeah, I know what you're saying now. There is a moment where it's like, oh, he's gonna do. He's yeah. Like, he's, not a moment, a long moment. Yeah. He's like thinking about this thing, and oh no, he's not thinking. It's happening. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. yeah no, right. Like, 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 like the Wachowskis are good at that, as far as like saying a thing they'll do and planning it while it's actually happening. Like they've accomplished that well in their films. I think this, this is like, yeah, all right, it's going. You know, I mean, I, I, another thing, in my opinion, I I just don't think Charlie Hunnam's a movie star. I I don't. Find it. I think I think he was good on television. I just I don't. He doesn't hold my interest on the big screen. I had the same issue with him and with the uh, uh, Pacific Rim. I 
I'm not sure on that one yet because I I, I, some, I I see what you're saying because I didn't like Pacific Rim that much either. Um, and I, I'm not really sure if it's just the material because I haven't seen Lost City of Z, which I hear he's good Brilliant. in. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do some more fact-finding on that, Zachy, because mm-hmm. you bring up a good point. I, I mean, I don't think he's had many chances so far to prove that whether I, mean, I do think it's more because I do I like him here I do like him here I don't think he's like like this is the guy that I need to see as my hero in all my films now but I, I but just I, you know, I just I don't think I don't think franchise roles are the thing for him I mean I I think that and I would agree uh, I would agree with that to a point because yeah. he was I mean before he got before he became Jax he was in these like weird character roles he was in uh, right, Children right. of Men and Green Street Hooligans and Cold Mountain as like supporting roles and villains and he was good in those roles. Right. Um, and you know, now he's, you know, he's, he's older and he's, he's, he's buff all the time. And it's like, okay, they're just kind of throwing, <laughs> they're throwing him at, they're throwing him at these roles in the same way they threw Garrett Hedlund and Sam Worthington and even Army Hammer at us, where all of those, sure. all of those guys to me have proven that they're better in like weird, like look at Free Fire, right. look at Free Fire with Army Hammer. He's great in that movie. That's he's right. not a lead. Yeah, totally agree. He's just like a super, he's like having fun. Garrett Hedlund's been like trying to make up for being thrown at us by doing all these quirky roles and. <laughs> Like uh, right. inside Lewin Davis and what and uh, in uh, Billy Lynn, <laughs> like, like yeah, no, it seems like he's like I'm sorry guys, I didn't try to do this. I was I was happy over here. They threw me at it. I took it. Whatever. Like and they're but they work better in these like random other like they they all have Brad Pitt syndrome where it's like they're you know right. they're guys that like look like they could be leading men but they're better in these weird quirky roles instead. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, kind of just a uh, an offshoot of that. Did you feel like there's somebody that you would want to see cast as, as I mean, this particular artist? I mean, after Amistad, I'm not sure why Jaman Hanzu hasn't been the de facto lead in all these films, but, you know, that's me. But, um, that's a good point, too. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, great he's, he's great. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, it's it's hard to be like, this guy should be the, the lead star, because the role itself is not all that promising. It's just like, be the straight guy among all these other fun characters. Yeah. And it's hard to say, like... Dude. It's hard to be like, hey, you dial down the things that I like you in in other movies to play this, you know, standard role, which is why I think at least Richie gives Charlie Hunnam something to do here. Like the way they like, they, especially early on when they're just for, like, you know, he's talking about, you know, which like Kung Fu George and all that stuff. Like, that's fun. Like, that's fun stuff. And they play with the dialogue. And I like those inter, interpersonal relationships there. You get some cool stuff to work with. But then, you know, <clears throat> the nature of that role is you have to be you know, hesitant to take on the role of a hero and then go on that journey and all that. And I don't, few actors pull that off very naturalistically. I mean, you know, that's, that's not really the way the role needs to be played. So so isn't, isn't this the perfect role for him? If he's that standard guy, this is that standard. Which is why I, you know, I'm in the minority, I guess, but I think that Tunham does the best with what he's given here. I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not the most, because like, even like uh, Fuqua's Arthur, like Clive Owen, we all love Clive Owen, and he's like he has a leading man chops. But in that movie, it's like you're not looking back at Clive Owen, and be like, man, his best movie was King Arthur. Like, right. right. <laughs> so I think it's just a hard role to play if you don't ha- if you only have so much to work with. Sure. See, but uh, sure. that's the unfortunate thing. It is exactly what he's given to work with because I mean, when you look at the scope and sweep of the character, if you know, if you're approaching this as a franchise potentially or a trilogy, whatever. I mean, Arthur gives you a chance to follow a character from his youth all the way to his death. And yeah. I mean, that's that's rich if you're an actor or actors. And so the fact that it's uh, you know on the creative end, uh-huh. they they took again they they're trying to reinvent a wheel. That's never been invented, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you because there's 
again, with the Arthur character, I keep on going back to it, but there's so much there, but there's still not a lot there. I mean, this, I mean, he's given the most this is... background and he's given the most screen time, and and yet his 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 you know his hero story is very quick. It's very sudden, and it's always with the mage saying stuff like, "Did you see what you needed to see yet?" And then he just and what they for what whatever reason is like a flash, it just it's like a flashback to the like his dad his dad dying like eight times in the movie like that's just what he needs to see. <laughs> but right. but when it does happen, you're like, that's all that it took two hands right. and he's like himself <laughs> up to the sword. Like this is David not Beckham a told him put two hands on it. David yeah, he, yeah. He apparently you know having two hands on it. And being strong-willed is what takes to, to rule the sword, but a, and then it'll just do everything for that's you. That's a weird question. I mean, that this is a fun question, actually, as far as, like, leading man chops and what it takes, because it's something like, like, Daniel Craig, like, he's great as Bond, like, as far as that attitude he has, but that seems to only apply to Bond, where something like Cowboys and Aliens, like, I don't care about Daniel Craig outside of Bond, it seems, except yeah. in, like, yeah. small, like, supporting roles, he's, like, having fun. Like road to like road to perdition. He's like he's super cool. Is like like or not cool. He's super like evil and like steamy and swarmy. He has the like the, the one yeah. of the bad guys yeah. in that role. Yeah, I don't know that anybody would have been able to change the role. Well, that's here. Well, like like Eric Bana. I don't know if he'd be a great Arthur, but well, he'd be he'd be great as being a stern Arthur. But I don't know if he'd be like fun to watch Eric Bana in this role for hours. I know. But like mean. something like plus Eric Bana. I feel like Eric Bana needs to do some more like comedy action comedies because that guy's a, a funny guy. guy. But like. It's just that's such a it's a strange type of role to like make work. And someone like and that's why, or honestly, that's why you know people of color kind of fit in. Like they can give it a new edge that you just have you don't see often because they don't give you that very much. And that's why I wish Dark Tower didn't look like a hot piece of garbage because I, I'm all about yeah. embracing Idris Elba and like the lead action role in a movie. But, but like you know I don't know that movie's not I don't think that movie's gonna do anything for me. But like that's the kind like. You know, th- that's a different flavor that you don't see enough in movies that just makes it inherently fresh, which is right. and like right. I don't necessarily need to see Eric, or Idris Elba as Bond for various reasons, um, but um, that would be at least something different. That said, the Bond character I don't think really needs much as far as you know a lead a guy that you know there's an attitude that it's different than like standard origin character in movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Any other thoughts on King Arthur, guys? <laughs> We're going. Last, like, yeah, last night is uh, I liked how they used the Halo ODST three trailer. <laughs> song yeah in the first fight and i was like that's that, this sounds familiar i was like oh yeah right okay there's some i can't the, the music is good in this movie guys <laughs> the music works i agree, I agree. it is it's a good and like, the, like and i said that opening scene is mainly because i forgot eric banna was in this and i didn't realize how fantastical it was going to be so seeing eric banna take on giant elephants i'm like yes this is i'm all about this movie. <laughs> do this all the time and then it, like it doubles down it's like and it's a guy Ritchie movie as far as having like gangster speak going on in medieval times give me yeah, more of this yeah. And then it just kind of it makes that very few and far between after that point. And it's like, well, you had it. Like, what happened? <laughs> like, it was all here. Right. So I just I wish yeah. the movie was able to. I wish I wish it was better than how it tries to do things. Like that's yeah. yes. Yes. There you go. Was this in three D? I don't. I, I saw it in two D. Was there a three? Is there a three D version? Did anyone see it? You saw it in three D. No, I, I, I'm asking I if it's in three D. Oh, okay. I did not watch it in three D, but I'm not sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. I saw it in 3D. Okay, so okay. the 3D version. Is that, that at, did you do that anything? Were you like, yes? Oh. Oh. The shit-stained London looks better than ever now. <laughs> it, it added a few dollars to his ticket price. Exactly. Yeah. All ten of them. Um, <laughs> all right, well, when should people go and see King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? Uh, I feel like it'd be a, a Netflix thing. Uh-huh. Spend money on this. <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> 
you know, I think it's entertaining. If you if you have nothing to watch, and you want to go to the movies, it's inter- it's it's an entertaining movie. All right. Um, I'm gonna say don't watch it. Watch okay. watch Excalibur. Sorry, don't watch. watch uh, yeah, just, right when I said Netflix, I was like, should I write this lower, like on TV? I, but... I, I do think this is a Netflix for me. I think this is like a, it, it, it's like you you missed this one, but like, hey, Guy Ritchie had that movie. I want to go watch it now. And you could pair this with Your Highness. It would work that well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we don't do this often, but I do want to revise my, my rating. I, I would say, like, if it's on TBS, yeah, catch it on TBS. TBS. Oh, movie yes. yes. Guys, we should, basically I'm saying we should bring back dinner movie. The four of us will get together. We'll make a, a cooking show that has interstitials between the movie where you make a meal that's similar to the film. That's dinner and a movie. I, I, feel, that like, was, I uh, feel like you'd get the most out of it that way because then you'd be like, well, wait, what just happened? And then you'd be like, I don't know. I've got to go watch the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> dinner and a movie. That's a deep cut. Yeah, I was going yeah, for it. Um, all right. Let's uh let's move on from that. That was our review of King Arthur: Colon Legend of the Sword. Let's move on now to our sponsor, real quick, uh, which is Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible because Audible content is great. It has 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, Zune, or any kind of MP3 device. Additionally, <laughs> Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Let's go to audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. Choose a book to download, to read, or to listen to. Sorry, um, and start listening. It's just it's that simple. Um, get, you get to check out the service. If you don't like it, you get rid of it, but you get to keep that book that you download for free for free. So be a winner. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash podcast. Break out those zooms, guys. Get it going. It holds 3,000. 300. 300 songs. <laughs> 300 songs. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get that now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Before we go over some of the various questions and answers from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, we asked a number of questions, and you gave us, you guys gave us a lot of answers this week, and then you gave answers. You, you gave us quite a few questions, too, so we're uh, going to go over all of that right now. Yeah, first question we asked everybody, favorite sword-wielding hero, Amy writes, Wesley, a.k.a. the de- the dread pirate Roberts, uh, Ray and Aragorn. Dennis writes, Jet Li's character from Hero. George writes, Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim. Gypsy Danger. Adam... Yeah, Adam, friend of the show Adam has uh, the bride. Uh, Justin has the Three Musketeers. William has uh Conan. Duh. Oh, Conan O'Brien. Chris writes. <laughs> yeah, Conan, Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. Obviously. Chris he said duh, so we know who he's the... talking about. That's it. We can move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Orange mop on top. Uh, Chris writes the bride. Jason writes Inigo Montoya. Manish has the bride, and Lassie Philip has Aragorn. Well, a lot of good answers, guys. Yeah. You guys have... Did anyone mention He-Man? He-Man? Okay. Nobody mentioned He-Man. He-Man's a good answer. The Dolph Lundgren He-Man? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Especially that one. Especially that one, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next question here. Favorite Guy Ritchie film? Uh, Chris writes, has to be Lock, Stock, or Snatch. Not sure which comes out on top, as I've watched both a ridiculous amount of times. Justin writes, The Hire, I, his, that's the BMW series of commercials that were directed by everybody. Um, he did Star, which was featured Madonna. Uh, that, I, those commercials are awesome, by the way, guys. If you ever yeah, watch that, those. those are great. Uh, that's, that's one of my top two favorites. The other one is the Wong Kar Wai. The Wong Kar, I mean, there's so yeah. many. They're like, they're all, none of them are like bad. Like, they're all really yeah, interesting. Yeah, none of them are bad. Yeah. But... And that new one uh, that Charlton Copley directed. Uh, when they rebrand, this is what I'm referring to, by the way. What's that? Uh, the, what I'm referring to, by the way, is that back in 2002, like Clive, when Clive Owen was just like becoming a star, he was the lead in this BMW marketing campaign where they had just various directors: Wong Kar Wai, Guy Ritchie, John Woo, Tony Scott, 
Um, they all directed like cool like like short films that were like Clive Owen driving around in BMWs and doing little action movies, and they were awesome. And they recently brought it back with Charlotte Copley doing one, which is like if you're, I want Charlotte Copley to do more like or not sorry sorry uh, what's uh, Neil Blomkamp I'm sorry I'm, I'm, cross, I'm cross pollinating <laughs> I'm, like, I'm cross pollinating the South African name. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp directed. I'm sorry. Neil Blomkamp directed the new one, and it's like, well, yeah, this is what I. Yeah, let's do this again, Neil. Come on, get out of Robot Land, and let's, let's go back to like cool stuff like this. <laughs> let's see. Amy writes Snatch, although I have a soft spot for Sherlock Holmes. Dennis writes Same Here. Uh, Maxwell writes Snatch. Jason writes Jay writes Snatch, and Philip writes Sherlock Holmes. I uh, I like Snatch and Lockstock. I've watched them a ridiculous amount of times, well, but not recently. I'm very. I'd like to watch those again, actually, but those you know, those are. Films I really like from him, and Abe and I are huge fans of Rock and Roller, of course. Yeah, we are huge fans, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen those in a long time either. But his older films are, are what I would turn to, including yeah. well, actually, I'd say Sherlock. Sherlock too. Too. Like, I, like, those are fun watches. I, that I, ones are, fun they're not my favorites, but they are like it's like if they're on, like yeah, why would I not want to watch this? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's probably because Robert Downey Jr. is very good at them. That's true too. Uh, well, next one, you guys, you favorite. Guys favorite uh, yeah. I would agree with you. Uh, Lockstock and, and Snatch, There's, those guys, those have to be the ghosts. It's a great one-two punch of like director coming yeah. out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Zachy, um, I I I like. I think uh, quality-wise, probably uh, I would say Lockstock, but the one I end up watching the most is Sherlock, the first Sherlock. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a good. There's a good blowing up sequence in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next question. Uh, favorite Jude Law performance? Jay Wright's Road to Perdition. Although I have a soft spot for Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Movie that needs to be talked about more and should definitely be a commentary one day. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, for what it did early on with Black and White and all that other jazz. Yeah. Justin writes Enemy at the Gates. Manish has Closer. Philip has John Watson. So he's talking about the Sherlock series. Uh, Chris writes Crikey. Wild is awesome. Enemy at the Gates, Final Cut comes to mind. Uh, Robin has Sorry, I know you're going to hate this answer, but I loved him in The Holiday. There's no judgment. Uh, <laughs> if you like the holiday, like the holiday. <laughs> we only judge the ones that we don't like, Robin. <laughs> uh, Amy writes Dr. Watson in Sherlock Holmes. I should add friend of the show, Amy writes Dr. Watson in Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Willem has uh, actually great pick, so he agrees. Uh, Nippon writes Road to Perdition. Lastly, friend of the show, Maxwell writes AI and the talented Mr. Ripley. What I like about this is how many different answers we got. Like yeah, like yeah. Like, and nobody even mentioned Gattaca. Yeah, I was about to say, what about Gattaca? Gattaca? Yeah, he's great. I, mean, I, think, I, I actually liked him in uh, Contagion. Yeah, he's good Contagion. He's, he's interesting. He's, he's, he's like an evil character. reporter, like who's like spreading a lot. Like, yeah, he's oh, reporter. yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy who's like always trying to like get the scoops. Yeah. yeah. He's fun and spy from a couple years ago too. That's right. No, because yeah. I, I, I generally Mr. Regard... Ripley. He was good in. He was good in uh, talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Also. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the last one. Yeah. And AI and Rotate. like I, I generally regard Jude Law as one of like the best actors of his kind of generation of like his his group. I think he's he's he's, he's a great plug and play actor in that you you know you're gonna get a certain bar from him no matter what. It's, it's hard for me to narrow it's down true. one favorite because he's really he's, whatever he's in. I generally like really like him. I generally like him as well. Let, let me ask you a follow-up question to that, and anybody, all you guys can answer as well. But what is his group like? Who who would you consider uh, to be in his group? His Rat Pack. Yeah, I mean, people like yeah, I mean, people like, like who are those folks? Like Robert Downey Jr. for one would be like that. Or okay, like, uh, okay. I'm just trying to get a time frame of, in mind of because I'm not really I haven't thought about that because that was a good question. Like, uh, that you like brought Mark up. Ruffalo would fall in there. Um, well, these are Damon, good actors. Damon and Affleck. I mean, I would they're all put like that in. same like eight like they come up in the same like they've they've emerged like in the 
mid '90s and kind of and continued on to nice. today. Nice. Clooney okay. would okay. be in there, you know, that because he, he's, he's they, like what forty. He's like in like mid forties. Like is that kind of? I guess yeah. some of them are, some yeah. of them are older, but like you know, there's like Clive Owen. I guess would be in that kind of grouping as well. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not right. saying you know none of these are bad actors, but I just I you know what I see. I see a lot of these guys. I'm like, yeah, all right. I want to see that movie because they're in it. But like, yeah, Jude Law is one where I'm like, yeah, why would I not want to enjoy Jude Law doing something? In this movie? Right. Especially because he's so like, he plays a lot of different types of things. I think that's what helps too. I think that's what helps to stand. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like a typical Jude Law role. He tends to be involving himself in a lot of different kinds of roles. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one we have uh, favorite period films handled with an unconventional style. Uh, mm. Amy writes Moulin Rouge, one of my favorites of all time. Manish writes Anna Karenina, starring Jude Law. <laughs> um, yeah. Matt writes. He's investing about them. Matt writes Django Unchained. Uh, Chris writes 300. It's such an awesome film, but Life of Brian has to be up there too. Uh, <laughs> Jay writes. Uh, would Monty Python and the Holy Grail or Life of Brian? Yes, they would count. Both the yeah, all Monty Python films would count. If so, with a slight preference for Grail. Um, and Philip writes The Assassin. It's mm. yeah. mm. a tough one. Uh, you mentioned the Knight's Tale earlier. I'd put, I don't know if that I'd say that's my favorite, but I think it's an interesting one. It's a fun one for sure. That, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's yeah. an unconventional style as far as. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, these answers are all pretty good. Um, I do like yeah, I do are. like Tarantino, like how he's gone back in time to do like stuff with his, you know Django and Hateful Eight and Glorious Bastards. I like the you know mainly because it has it means he has to challenge himself to not rely on pop culture references and just the strength of his writing, yeah, which has always been strong. <laughs> it's like so it's seeing like. Regardless of how anach- anachronistic it is, it's just it's fun to hear that dialogue coming out of certain characters. Yeah, that's a good question though. Uh, like, maybe like, one that we should we should we should have that as a recurring one, just as as we have the uh, favorite trailer question. It's a, yeah, because there's a lot of films that like can't like not, you know even like Robert Rodriguez with um, Sin City, I think would like you know kind of a, a, a noir that has a different kind of you know handle on it. And it also jumps time periods within that movie, within the same movie. And like Sky Captain, we brought that out. Like Sky Captain, right? But I mean, just in terms of genres too. I mean, you think about legal dramas and whatever else, and how those can be handled unconventionally. And you know, it, it, again, it's a great question. Uh, next question we ask everybody: What is your favorite comedic performance or actress of all time? Chris writes Shirley MacLaine from The Apartment and Cameron Diaz. Friend of the show, Maxwell has Bette Midler. Jape Man writes, anyone but Amy Schumer. Ouch. Manisha yeah. oh, has Whoopi Goldberg, Diane Keaton, and Kristen Wiig. And lastly, Stephen has Kristen Wiig. Manisha ran the round again. What was this hashtag? What was this hashtag in reference to? Was this for Snatched? For Snatched, yeah, because Goldie Hawn's yeah. in it. Yeah. Favorite comedic addresses. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, McLean's a good answer, actually, mainly because I think the apartment's it a, is a good answer. Film. I think I think Kristen Wiig's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, there's the. Would you guys consider Shelley Long to be a comedian? Yes, actress? of course. I love yeah. Shelley Long. Cheers, Shelley Long. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I, I can't remember if she did any like serious dramas. Well, even if but she did, she's still a comedian. Hills, Shelley Long. Even if she did yeah. do dramas, it doesn't make her not a comedic actress. <laughs> like, right, right. like Kristen Wiig so, doing less and less comedy. She's been yeah. yeah Brett Jansen to more dramas and space sci-fis like in The Martian. That that so that's, that's what we call her now. Space <laughs> sci-fi actress Kristen Wiig. <laughs> That was a yeah. comedy. It was. She's a... Yeah, that was a comedy. <laughs> and, she, and she's not the funniest person in it. <laughs> it's Benedict Long. It's the guy. Uh, but okay. All right. Next question we have, or last question we have, uh, favorite cinematic sniper or sniper rifle focused moments in film. Uh, Chris writes The Day of the Jackal, the whole film, and the, the original, not the Jackal, which is a terrible film, period. 
um, and train spotting. Jack Black. Yes, the, yes, the Jackal of Jack Black. That's what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> For his, he gets his arm shot for, off in for the movie. five minute scenes of that movie. <laughs> yeah, the Jackal of Jack. Uh, he also has train spotting for just the sniper scene and Leon. Um, Nippon writes, I think it was Hurt Locker when they were in the desert. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. one. This is in reference to the wall, by the way, which is entirely about the snipers. Right. Uh, Amy writes, I think it's Layer Cake where Daniel Craig hires a sniper to take out a Serbian assassin who's after him, but the Serbian takes out the sniper right next to Daniel Craig. Yep. <laughs> Graham says, uh, Tom Berenger Phil. Firing his bullets and sniper. Stupid doesn't begin to describe. Uh, <laughs> Philip writes Barry Pepper in Private Ryan. Uh, Maxwell writes the opening of Jack Reacher. Kingdom. Oh, okay. That was a dark one. Oh, oh yeah. Um, with Jack Courtney. Um, Manish writes The Living Daylights. And George writes Ed Harris. Or he actually he added a gif of Ed Harris in Enemy at the Gates. It's like a funny gif because it has like him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. The game show. He's, or <laughs> he's shooting somebody in the Japanese game show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is there's funny. a lot of like cool sniper scenes in the movie. Yeah, Barry Pepper's a good answer for that one for sure. Jack Reacher has yeah, a couple yeah. snipers. Like Jack Reacher has that yeah that chilling opening, but it also has that really fun scene or like just a, a nice like a breathing scene of him and uh, Robert Duvall, Tom Cruise and Robert Robert, Robert Duvall. Or, yeah, Robert, yeah, 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 Robert like, Duvall. At a gun range. <laughs> there's there, yeah there's some cool stuff there. Enemy at the Gates. I mean that's a big sniper drama, but that's a that's a good one. Isn't there a really well done one on the top of a roof that on uh, for American Sniper? In like a dust storm yeah, or something. That's pretty. That was pretty there's tense. Some, yeah, there's some good uh, scenes that in that movie. As much as we have issues with the movie, yeah, there's some good scenes in that movie. I, 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 I only like a couple scenes out of that movie, but that yeah. was one of the ones where I thought it was really done because like, that sequence in the Hurt Locker is great too, where, where like Ray Fiennes gets like taken out and it's just Anthony Mackie and um, Jeremy Renner just like waiting for like a long time. Yeah, I mean, what's great about it is it's a long sequence. Yeah, it's sequence. a long sequence. And there's, like, tension, because there's, like, the other guy, like, he's dealing with something in the background also. and th- Like, there's, there's, yeah. It's a, Hurt Locker's a great movie, guys. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Cool. Now we move to questions that uh, you guys asked us, so everybody here in the panel can answer. Philip asked everybody here today, is there any possibility of a third Sherlock Holmes film from Richie to round out the trilogy? Well, they keep talking about it. There's apparently writers attached yeah. to it. I would say, given that this Arthur thing's probably not going anywhere... I wouldn't be surprised if Richie goes back to doing a Sherlock Holmes movie just to be like, well, I know this will be a hit because it's the third one of these. Like that's the, I mean, it ha- again, it has screenwriting. Like there's people attached to it. Like it's supposed to actually happen, but it's just certainly taken off. When you when you're you know when you're in the Avengers, guys, you have a lot of responsibility. So yeah. it's yeah, here <laughs> Tony Stark. It's kind of hard, but um, well, I, I'm also curious because they the BBC series is is so well known and so well-renowned as well so i and don't know johnny lee miller cbs series has been on too i mean that's true, that's true. what's that one called elementary yeah. elementary i know a friend of the show yeah. scott mendelson's a huge fan of he likes it more than he, of the three sherlockies that are currently like have been going that's his favorite of them so yeah that's a good shake-up with dr watson yeah lucy lou's anyone's wondering where lucy lou's been she's been dr watson for like six years that on just, that just got renewed oh there you go oh, wow. Oh, wow. that's like what season four now or season five it's more than that. It's, it's like season, CBS, so, yeah. so I assume it's been on since the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Except for... Is Jeff Shooting still on? What? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I said, is Jeff Shooting still on? I think that was on? NBC. Is that... Oh, was that NBC? <laughs> what? There... Was that CBS? I thought that was CBS. There was another was one that had CBS. David Spade on it that was on CBS. Oh, God. That was yeah, on uh, uh, Rules of Engagement. Yeah, Rules of Engagement. There we yeah. go. Yeah. All right, uh, next question. Manish asks, what are some of your favorite mom movies? By the way, Happy Mother's Day, everyone. It is a happy yeah, it is Mother's Day. Day as we're recording this. This will come out two days later, but you know, still it's still saying happy happy Mother's Day. 
But yeah, Manish asks, what are some of your favorite mom movies? Either stuff that you like to watch with your mom or movies about strong mothers. That's a good question. Let's answer that first one first. What do you you guys like to watch with your mom? Because I have an answer for this, which many listeners should know already. Uh, Foreign Chinese movies featuring Kung Fu. (laughs) My mom loves those movies. Yeah. You guys? Uh, uh, my mom doesn't watch movies, so nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my mom's a huge Elvis fan. All right. Uh, so I'm probably going to end up watching an Elvis movie with her. Hey. Um, if I get to pick, which I won't, it's not going to be like Blue Hawaii or anything or Jailhouse Rock, but I'll probably end up watching like Rubby Tenders. Okay. If anybody knows Elvis movies, there's okay. a lot. Um, as listeners know, my mom really likes horror movies and genre movies in general. We've recorded a couple episodes involving Anaconda and um, <laughs> The Baba Duke, and It Follows. So, I mean, yeah, we, we like watching horror movies together. Um, and generally when there's, like, counter-programming in, like, around Christmas, when, like, random things like that come out, like, you know, the, like, Black Christmas or whatnot, we like to go see those in theaters as well. So. Nice. Uh, what about movies about strong mothers? Any come to mind in general? Um... I have mm. I'll just wait as you think about it. I mean, first, yeah, first one that comes to mind is The Incredibles, because I'm all, I'm all for Mrs. Incredible, or the Elastigirl. I thought uh, Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies. Yeah, I was going to say T2. Yeah, yeah, T2. yeah. Um, I, I recently, go to, when uh, Albert Brooks' films all came on Netflix, I watched Mother again with Debbie Reynolds, who's great in that movie. And I recently, um, Anna and I, we watched uh, Mildred Pierce with uh, Joan Crawford, because it came out on Criterion. And that's a... I mean, Joan Crawford? She won an Oscar for that performance, but I mean, you know, that, she, her whole performance is based around her trying to be like independent as well as a good mother for her children. There's also the Bong Joon-ho movie, Mother, which is quite good. Okay. A lot to choose from. Yeah. And uh, we'll round that out with this very interesting tangent question from Jason. Will Brendan Fraser star in mo- mo- films again? <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, he has been in some TV stuff. He was on uh, what, Texas Rising, uh, like the History Channel thing and the the affair on showtime like last season or something like that like he's been doing more tv stuff but as far as movies he, i'm sure he's like he does some stuff occasionally but yeah it's certainly not the kind of draw that he was and you know around the month he had a window of like four years where he was a draw and i don't and then... i don't know what happened because he like he's not untalented yeah he's you know? a very he's yeah. he's, a, he's both he's he's a he has the he has that that leading man quality that we were talking about earlier where he can play should have been king arthur he could have i mean no, because he's not English. But I mean, <laughs> he has the kind of like he he could be strong while also like like being a goof. That kind of like look like Tom Cruise does when he's when you when you realize when you remember that those movies are also very funny that he does. Like when you think mm-hmm. about Edge of Tomorrow or like even the Mission Impossible, it's like oh yeah, he's also pretty funny in those movies. In addition to being like action guy, I think Brent, Brendan Fraser has that quality, but for some reason he just bottomed out for whatever reason. He can play a good caveman too. Oh yeah, he's a great. That's guy. true. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was like a huge dummy until I. I thought I he saw was him. actually frozen. <laughs> I thought he was actually yeah. frozen in his snow just... until that happened. <laughs> I, I'm still convinced that he was unfrozen. Who's, who's the person I thought about? Was it Sean Astin? Sean Astin, Polly Shore. It's the classic. Yeah, <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> it. It's coming to Criterion in June. <laughs> I thought he was. I no joke. I thought he was good as uh, George's Jungle. He's George of the Jungle yeah, was ahead of its time. That movie is. I agree. Disney was doing something with that one that, and it you know it was a success. Like it did not make money, but like that movie's, it's better than it has any right to be as far as what it was trying to do. Yeah. Because it's like it, it's it has it's very winky in like a fun. Yeah, way. it's got a gorilla wearing glasses. Because John Cleese is voicing him. 
Anyway, yeah. that was feedback, feedback, feedback. All right. Let's uh, let's get to what, hey, what, uh, what's going on? Oh, Aaron, I think it might be time for uh, a fun game here. Fun fact, that's actually the song that plays when uh, Arthur picks up the sword for the first time in the movie. Do you think I added to that one? That was, of course, the improv theme for games. This week's game, The Man Who Would Have Tagline is the name of the game. Okay. Is it a tagline game? It is a tagline game. Um, As I've gone with my The Man Who Would Be King title, it is all framed around medieval times movies. So I'm going to read the taglines. From movies that have some of thank you, Bravo on the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the the uh, all the taglines will be from films that have some kind of medieval theme around them. Um, okay. So you guys, if you think you know it, shout out your name and then respond with the answer. Oh jeez, sounds good. Cool. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Get this over. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Here we go. <laughs> here's the first one. From the stone to the throne. Uh, Marcus. Marcus. Uh, Your Highness? Incorrect. Okay. Thank mm. you. Uh, Abe. To, yeah? King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yes, that's, yes, that's what it is. Okay. This is supposed to be the easy one. <laughs> 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 I, oh, I thought it was like funny. It felt too easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Trap. Right. That's, that's, that's the trap right there, guys. It felt too easy. <laughs> that's <laughs> Uh, well, Occam's Razor. Easy answer should be the most logical answer. Um, next one. Sometimes the only way to uphold justice is to break the law. Uh, 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 Zaki. Yeah. I forgot my name. Robin Hood. Incorrect. Oh snap. Hmm. Zaki. Can you, I go again? You can't go again. <laughs> Damn it. Was, can, can you repeat the tagline? Sometimes the only way to uphold justice. Is to break the law. Um, Jackie was on the right track. Hey, yeah. Ugh. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Incorrect. Marcus, do you have an answer? I Marcus do not have. Oh well. Jackie, come on, give me. Marcus? Give me another bite of the apple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer. Okay, uh, Jackie, you don't get a point, but what do you think it is? Prince of Thieves. In, that's correct. Yes, Prince of Thieves. Prince of oh. Thieves. Yes. Holy the other Robin Hood movie? Yeah, it's a... No? That's not right. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Alright, here's the next one. The untold true story that inspired the legend. Abe. Abe? Anton Fuqua's King Arthur. That's correct. It's actually... T- it's, it's actually... Untold true story. <laughs> Give me a break. Because I remember that's what, that's what all the marketing was, right? It's like, oh, the untold story. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, it's right. actually Lee Daniels' Anton Fuqua's King Arthur. But, uh... Oh, my bad. Okay. My bad. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the next one. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. Zaki. Yeah? Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. You know your oh, Braveheart. Wow. I, was, I, was, I was thinking it was Gladiator. That's not medieval. No, it's not. <laughs> Here's the next one. This one might be quick. He will rock you. Abe. Abe? Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale is the correct answer. Here's the next one. Their greatest battle would be for her love. Zaki. Uh, Zaki? Oh, shoot. You know what? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. I, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Abe. Yeah? Some movie with... Uh... Kira Knightley and maybe 
uh, Legolas. No, incorrect. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, can't think of, I can't think of any title, but like I'm pretty sure it features them, but I guess it doesn't. Uh, can I... Uh, you can't lose points. Marcus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first night. First night's correct. Okay, well, that's the only one I've seen. Okay, all right, so I'm done for the rest. That's it. You're on the board. (laughs) That's all I got. Here's the next one. First night, your highness. Here's the next one, which is pretty vague, but we'll go with it. You will believe. You will believe. Hell? Um, You will believe. I guess you have to think of what you wouldn't believe in to think of what this movie could be that's from medieval times. Abe. Yeah? Excalibur? Incorrect. I'm going to give a hint. Don't, and You can all jump at this at once, but we'll see who gets it first if I do it. Here it comes. I am the last one. Oh, Zacky. Zacky? Uh, Dragonheart. Dragonheart's the ah. correct answer. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why that movie didn't do well. <laughs> With a what are you talking about? Like There's like that. six Dragonhearts. There's so many directed DVD sequels to that movie. Hey, what was the... What was the tagline again? You will believe. You will believe. Great score, though. Oh, yeah, that's, is it, it's, a score that's in like every movie trailer. Yeah, Goldsmith? it's still, who, who still alive and well today. Who did the score? Is it, is it Goldsmith? Or? It's Edelman, Randy Edelman. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the next one. Outlaw, warrior, hero. Um, Zach. Zachy? Ridley Scott's Robin Hood? That's correct. It's Lee Daniels, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. Desire, okay. defy, escape. D- Desire is that what you said? Desire, defy, escape. D D E. It's weird. Yes. <laughs> Desire, defy, escape. Oh, the hell? I have no idea. Um. I'll add this as a hint. This is the only one with a female lead. It, 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 wait, hold on. Medieval. Zachy. Yeah? Ugh. Is, uh, is it ever after? Yes, it is ever after. It is? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. A Cinderella story. I couldn't remember the title. <laughs> I was going to say Cinderella, but okay. The, the Drew Barrymore. That's, it's called Ever After. It's called Ever After, like, hyphen, a Cinderella story, I believe. It's like, what's the full title of this? All right, here's the next one. I like Do Gray Scott, the the not yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, not Wolverine's in it. The villain from Mission Impossible 2? Yes. <laughs> the reason he's not Wolverine. Yeah, that movie. <laughs> Here's the next one. I like this title. This is tagline. Adventure doesn't come any bigger than this. Um, Abe. Abe. Jack the Giant Slayer. That's so wrong. I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> You said, but I said it with such confidence. You so did, yeah. <laughs> Adventure doesn't come any bigger than this. Uh, Take a second guess if nobody guesses. Yeah, you won't get points, but yeah. Okay. No idea. Marcus? Nope. Okay. Abe? Uh, that one Jack Black movie oh, where God, you're, he's You're so uh, wrong huge. again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add a hint Can now. Rewind? I'm going I'm to add a hint now. Mad Mod again! Oh, Zachy. Oh. Zaggy. Willow. Willow. Uh, Adventure doesn't become any bigger than this. That tagline's great. Yeah, that that was a great tagline. Here's the next one. It's bigger because he's small. That's hilarious. Here's the next one. 
The legend had it coming. The legend had it coming. Hmm. Abe, Excalibur. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Just, the legend had is it the legend had it coming? The legend had it coming. Like capital L legend? As in Zacky. Yeah. Is it Men in Tights? It's, yes, it's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke title. The legend had it coming. That's funny. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Alright. This is my favorite one. Joust do it. Aim. Yeah? Nice tail. Incorrect. Why would he did it already? Why would I have nice tail? Joust, joust do, do it. it. Is it uh David Joust movie? Marcus, Marcus. Marcus? Is it that one with Martin Lawrence, the the Black Knight? It's not Black Knight, no. That almost <laughs> that almost fits, but it's not. <laughs> Jackie, you have anything? I got nothing. It is a kid in King Arthur's court. Oh. All right. Okay. Famous for featuring Kate Winslet and Daniel Craig and having a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> a zero? Yeah. Starring Rookie of the Year, Thomas Ian Nichols. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rookie of the Year himself. All right. He helped the Cubs with the series. Well, yeah, he did. Uh, Marcus, you got on the board, but you weren't able to uh, top the spot in the games this week. Abe, you made a tremendous play, but Zachy, you are a winner for games. Nice. Good job. Congratulations. Man. Yep. I'm, 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 I'll be a fair and just king. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that was how you play games. Let's move on now, guys. Let's get to Out Now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. We have uh, quite a few things here. First up, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Uh, I didn't see it, but I didn't hear that it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have anything for this franchise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Triple X Return of Xander Cage. If you're I heard between, that it was crazy, and you should see if it. If you're in between Fast and Furious movies, this one just kind of retroactively becomes a Fast and Furious movie by adding more family. <laughs> um, next up, The Space Between Us. Uh, that's, that was the one with, uh, with, with Hugo. the kid from Mars, right? Yeah, Hugo's born on Mars. It's, a, eh, it's, it's not. I didn't hear great things about it's, it. It's not good. Okay. And it has one of Gary Oldman's probably worst performances, but um, <laughs> um, out on a lot of things on uh, Shout and Scream Factory this week. First up, Streets of Fire, uh, Walter a Walter Hill action musical that goes really well with the Warriors. Uh, has a young Willem Dafoe in there, um, but that's a good one. Looking forward to watching that. Uh, cool. Willard and Ben. Do you guys remember these? Willard. Uh, Will- Is that the Willard was remade rat- with Crispin? Willard Willard was remade with Crispin right. Glover oh. as the guy who's yeah. like he's like. The most extreme version of an introvert who has like a, a who's like friends with rats, and then there yeah. a, then there was a sequel called Ben, which I mean, well that that was the remake. There was an original film called Willard, um, and then there's a sequel called Ben, which focuses on one of his rats and famously has an Oscar-winning uh, Michael Jackson song, one of his earliest songs, uh, in Ben. Um, okay. Also out, uh, Return of the Dragon and Game of Death on uh, nice. Scott Factory. Yeah, check that out. Yep, got those. Um, on uh, Warner Archive this week, Vision Quest with uh, Matthew Modine. <laughs> so that's out there now. And uh, lastly, a Criterion release, Good Morning, uh, for those of you who are looking to stock up with your Criterion collection. So yeah, there you go. lots of uh, older and some newer stuff this week. Uh, let's see, that was out now. Let's move on now to Extremely Cool. These are things where we talk about what's playing on streaming and on Netflix and what have you. First up, as we mentioned, Master of None Season 2. That's now on Netflix. Do a lot for that. Uh, coming to Netflix this week, Tracy Morgan, Staying Alive, the comedy special with Tracy Morgan. On Netflix? On Netflix, yeah. 
Those guys are those guys are killing the market. Turning out the comedy. Yeah. Yeah, stand up comedy specials. And um, I wanted to put I wanted to plug this just because I know Marcus was on the show. The Place Beyond the Pines comes to Netflix this week. All right. Marcus is number one film perfect. from twenty fourteen. Perfect film. I I certainly like that film. I know Abe hates Ethan Ethan uh, Co or what's his name? Um, Emery Cohen. Cohen's character, but he's yeah. but you do like the film, I think, right? I do like the movie, and the, and the score is also very good. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with his character? Well, he did, well, he's such a jerk. Well, you're supposed to hate him, but he yeah. just he really hates. Him. I know he's so effective at, at being a jerk. That you I was come like, into I, the party. <laughs> That's my best. He reminds me of like some guys I know from the East Coast with like those really thin necklaces and whatever else and New Jersey accents and it's just like God. I hope he has a support. I, know these guys. I hope he has a support. Friends. I hope he has a supporting role in Valerian as that same character, <laughs> just to annoy Valerian, <laughs> just to yeah. just to annoy Dane. Like Dane Nahant's trying to do this mission, and then Emery Cohen's character from Place Beyond the Pines comes in. Uh, all right, that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week we will be talking about Alien Covenant. The, um, the latest in the Alien franchise, the follow-up to Prometheus, and another prequel to Alien. It all makes sense if you don't think about <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. And yeah, so that makes uh, that heads up right there. That's going to be the show then. Should be a fun one as well. And we will have an Alien Cubed commentary coming as well before that, so uh, stay tuned. And the um, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Marcus Robinson, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, You know, Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty great. I got it. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, not something everybody's, everybody's, I, I'm with everybody, Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Zachy? Uh, and then oh, next is sorry. Aliens. Oh, yeah, you're seeing Alien, okay. Oh, okay. Zachy, what about you? Uh, there's a, there's a documentary in select theaters right now called Jeremiah Tower, The Last Magnificent, about the first celebrity chef in the United States. And uh, it's a really interesting thing. It's produced by Anthony Bourdain, and it's kind of a niche thing, but it's worth uh, checking out if uh, you're in the mood for something a little different, obviously, uh, than than the big blockbuster summer stuff. I saw the trailer for that and one. And as far as, as far as what I'm seeing next, I th- well, I've already seen Alien Covenant. I think uh, uh, Pirates uh, 5 will be the next thing I see in the theater. Nice. Dead Men Tell No yeah. Tales. <laughs> Abe? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, go see it. And next, Alien Covenant. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would. I would say I see Guardians because it's a lot of fun, and I would support the Wall as well. I think the Wall is a. Oh yeah. Okay. Pretty strong. Um, uh, next, I guess. I guess it's Pirates. I don't have anything else on the docket here until Pirates comes out. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've got to see Marcus's number one prediction for the summer. Got to. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. But yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> What am I? Am I not seeing anything this week? I guess not. <laughs> not well, I mean, you could watch Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Uh, <laughs> we missed the screening because we had to go to California Adventures. <laughs> we didn't get to uh, see Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Well, darn. Like, what's it called? Like, Uprising or something? I hope it is called Uprising now that I say that out loud. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Long Which Haul. It's called, the, it's called Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. But I, now I yeah, wish it was called haul. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Uprising. Right. Uh, I don't think Zach is in this one. I know it stars it stars um, Alicia Silverstone and Tom Everett Scott as the parents. I, I wish it was Emma Stone so we could just have the Paris of La La Land in a Diary of the Wimpy Kid movie. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, actually. The continuation. It's just like a random sequel to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, this is the follow-up. Now that All Ryan right. Gosling's out of there, we're going to see what's going on with these characters. And they have a Diary of the Wimpy Kid movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there, as well as on Why So Blue. 
You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow me at Oakley Doakley, Instagram and Twitter.com slash Roller Smooth. Hashtag Sword in the Stone. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, at Movies Marcus on Twitter and MoviesMarcus.com. Zachy Hassan, where can people find you? Uh, Zachy's Corner.com. That's the A-K-I-S Corner. That's also my Twitter and Instagram handle. And I know you mentioned you have an Alien 3 commentary coming up. Uh, my partner, Brian Hall, and I have a movie film commentary on Aliens that's going to be dropping later this week. So hey. hopefully people check that out. All right. Very cool. Uh, if you, that comes out, I'll put it on the show notes for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna. I'll put it in the show notes for next week's show. I'll do that because then I can remember easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, Great. But yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron You can find uh, more episodes over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to us over at SoundCloud, Automatic, and AJCWLOD. Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on King Arthur, Marcus's box off predictions, or anything else we talked about today over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. Social media, Facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast and Twitter.com slash uh, <laughs> underscore podcast. I was going to say Walrus Miss again. And uh, feel free to send us any gifts of uh, King Arthur-related material over at outnotpodcast.tumblr.com. Zachy, Marcus, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks, guys. Always a thank pleasure. Thank you. For sure. Thank you for having me. Of course. And this was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And I look forward to next week, which has all kinds of goriness to go into. But, um, yeah, that's what we this week. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. was 100 but maybe i'm missing miss here okay. it's like it's All my right. favorite joke in that movie that and mary poppins you don't like the plain catch there's joke? tons of jokes like but, the, but but that and mary poppins are my favorite joke there's also this great the there's this little guys do you know this this moment i'm going to talk about it's when like quill's like he's like getting the end the, the strength to, to fight the bad guy no spoilers um, and he's like thinking of all these past moments, and one of them's just him and Rocket on the jetpacks and smiling. That cracked. <laughs> that killed. And it's like it's supposed to be like a serious moment because they're playing all these other yeah. like more significant things, but it's just like this random one of him and Rocket like smiling with glee while flying on rocket packs. It just makes me laugh. Oh it makes me laugh I, so I, much. I was cracking I, up. I was actually even laughing at the part where it's just like uh, Yandu teaching him how to shoot a gun. It's like this is yeah, it's sweet, but it's like to have like you're teaching like this twelve year old. How to shoot a that's gun? The, that's like, the James Gunness of it. How like just wacky those yeah. that, that kind of how ridiculous. Yeah, it's because like in like the chains playing in the background. So it's like a serious moment, but like these moments are so funny to look at. It's just so, like him yeah, and a raccoon so flying on jetpacks together, like high fiving. <laughs> <laughs> I need that gift. Right. That's what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> that's what, it's, it's, it's coming. coming. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Wow.